Welcome back to the Beer O'Clock Podcast, I'm Dylan Toon. I'm Angus Norris. And we are here to bring you all the outdated news and important views from the Australian beer world and beyond. And um, isn't it outdated this oh, time? It is especially outdated. The whole year has been a shocker for the podcast, but I promise we have been working behind the scenes and we will fix it. Um, in you know October, November, there is going to be some exciting stuff happening, which we can't talk about right now, but... Please bear with us and make sure you subscribe because... We've done stuff. There is stuff on the way. Yes, we've been doing things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's going to be some really good stuff, really interesting stuff, especially if you like the stuff I've done in the past. I think it's really going to... Yeah. I think if you're still here after all this time, we probably know what you like and this will hit. Yeah. Tick box. It's definitely what they like, so if you, if you like what yeah. you like, then um, yeah. we got some really, really fun stuff happening, so... Um, very different from what we've done. Um, yeah. But like also very, you know, very much in our warehouse. So yeah, we're, we're excited. excited. About it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's kind of our excuse. That we'll <laughs> Genuinely, not, we're putting more work on into the behind the scenes stuff yes. than we do into this most months. Not so. to say we shouldn't have still been putting out podcasts, but yeah, that happens. We're, we're going to, we're going to roughly try again. Yes. For one yeah, month. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see we'll how we get go. back there. Um, and I think on that note, we'll just jump straight into the news. Let's do it. Um, so David Cryer has retired. Yeah, so he's probably one of the most influential people in the Australian and New Zealand scenes. Runs Cryer Malt. Um, he's still been involved after Barrett Burston bought them. Yeah. Maybe, what, four or five years ago? I don't know yeah, exactly when it was. Something like that. Uh, he's been the chair of the Brewers Guild of New Zealand in the past. He's been... He was very influential in the founding of the CBIA, which became the IBA. Mm. In Australia, it's run Beervana since 2011, and really has funded the growth of the industry through, you know, the malts he's brought in, oh, the support yeah. he's put behind me. Things like Bruce News, who's been a sponsor of since day one. You know, hard hard to argue with his influence on the scene. Yeah, yeah. So, congratulations to David and enjoy your retirement. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, do, do but um, don't be a stranger as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I, I we guarantee. Well, welcomed to yeah any events. Um, so we get some changes in inflation and excise. Yeah, we have. So I'm sure people have probably seen over the last couple of weeks the sort of hyperbolic arguments about you know you're going to be paying fifteen dollars for a pint. And things yeah, like that. yeah. You know all that. Although we did just pay fifteen dollars for a pint. We did, but that was Ashburn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they've, they've got their own problems anyway. Continue. Uh, excise changes every six months in Australia. It's gone up by 3.84%. It is the biggest excise change for 20-odd years. But really, the inflationary problems are bigger problems to brewers than the excise change. And working in pricing analysis, yeah. they're not going to want to pass that all through to you because they realise no. that people are going to be very upset if they do that. That's right. Um, but we've got to all remember the inflation across the freight in particular. Yes. Uh, as well as aluminium, grain, yep. and issues with CO2 supply. A bigger problems than the excise, which is what yes. the mass media will have you believe is the problem. Yeah, yeah. And just, just feedstock in general to get to get fuel and things is, is tricky. That's um, right. At the moment. It's, yeah, you're 100% right. And um, I think that is, yeah, the 3.84% is probably nothing compared to what they're getting hit by by other things. Um and yeah, in terms of it's been a tough year for growing, regardless of the <laughs> all yeah. the tough external factors. Which is, um, yeah, it, it's your beer may get more expensive, but believe me, they're going to wear a lot more of it than you're going to cop. Yeah, correct. Yeah, like anyone who passes that on in full to you probably won't be in business in two years. Yeah, yeah, because the thing is, is 
um, Endeavor and Coles aren't really going to want to be in business with people who want to charge $29 a six-pack. It does make um, sense. Yeah. Like, it's not going to work for anyone. Um, so, yeah. I, I think I think the it's almost a good news story. Like, yeah. From, from a consumer point of view. That's right. In short, don't believe the mass, mass media hysteria. Yeah. This happens every six months. This is slightly bigger than normal. There's bigger problems. Yes, yes. Um, and that you won't probably won't see with any luck. No, hopefully. Um, but the brew- let's just, yeah. Keep in mind, support your local breweries. And exactly. um, if there are price increases, just remember that, you know, inflation's hitting everything. Yeah. And it's... beer is included. And they're not, you're not going to be copying the full brunt of what they're copying. That's right. Yeah. Um, so Good Drinks have got a Molson Coors distribution deal. Yeah, this was a while ago. I just think this is a really interesting deal considering what they're trying to do. So Good Drinks is Gage, Rhodes. Yep. Um... Cooper's is still going to be making all the under-licensed product. This is purely a distribution deal. Interesting. Yeah. So it doesn't cut into any of what Good Drinks is trying to do in increasing their own brands. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Or yeah. what Cooper's is doing necessarily. Yeah. yeah so if they don't want to do distribution. I think it's a really interesting deal, especially when you think of the products involved, which is Miller, Miller Chill, Coors, and Molson Canadian. Yeah. So Moose when have you seen that. a yeah. Coors or a Molson Canadian? Um, I see cores a bit. Yeah, okay. those little twelve pack yeah, yeah, okay. um, cans. Uh, Molson, Moosehead, and stuff I haven't seen. Yeah, God exactly. knows how long. Yeah, um, I am sure they exist. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. I right. would buy a six pack of Moosehead if I saw it. That's a nice enough beer. Yeah, Molson, not so much. I I just think it's a strange deal with what Gage are trying to do. I wonder if it just adds to their portfolio and makes it easier for them to move other stuff. Also wondering if maybe when Gage opens their own facilities, if they can have fun things where they serve, you know, Molson and Coors and, you know, have like Super Bowl parties. Maybe just, like you said, adds to their portfolio, but also because they're a venue owner, maybe it makes sense in that regard too. Uh, Barrett Burston Wastewater Recycling Saves 1 Billion Litres. Yeah, so they have had this installed for about a decade, but they've been working on improving it and, yeah, you know... that's about as much to use in the toilet per year, isn't it? <laughs> Roughly? <laughs> Depends how often I... Might be the same, might be the wastewater they say. Depends how often I go to Victoria Street. Like, a lot of breweries and, and related industries are focused on sustainability. At yeah, the moment. It's course. a very important issue. I understand, they, they use so much water and... Green. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And, like... I think it's 4X gold is down to 2.8 litres per litre of beer. So, yeah. Like, well, Lion's like trying to become neutral yeah, just about, aren't they? Yeah. That's right. Like, There's a few people who've got brands who are now, this is water neutral and things like that. Yeah. I think a lot of, a lot of companies are trying to, to move towards that, and I guess alcohol is no different. But a billion, a billion is worth calling out. It's a huge number. Yeah. And like if, if they actually get this technology to the point they want to, they're going to save so much water, and that can, you know... Trickle down the supply chain. It'll be great. Yeah, yeah. And then when we use 50 litres of water rinsing out our hop filter because we can't get the fucking hot residue out of it, we don't have to feel as bad because we use Barrett Burst and Because Barrett Burst yeah. is sorting it out for <laughs> yeah. us. Um, Bath Haas report. Um, apologies, I don't know what this is referring to. This is the hot report that yeah. we talk about every year. Yeah, I thought I thought it might be, but I was just trying to... Just double-checking? Yeah, yeah. Uh, hop acreage rose slightly this year mm. across the world. Alpha acid hit a record high average of 10.8. I feel like there's, yeah, an alpha acid creep that is going to become a thing as there as is. hazies become bigger. It's going to become more... It's yeah. going to be interesting, isn't it? Yeah. I think you're just going to see more zero IBU dry hopped only beers. 
Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think so. Um, beer production increased by 4%, but still isn't back to pre-pandemic levels yep. worldwide. Uh, and they flagged that the war in Ukraine uh, could be a possible issue on next year's production, seeing as Russia and Ukraine combined for about 5% of world beer production. And again, goes back to that feedstock thing where um, you're all sort of production is so heavily driven by them and yeah. it's just going to be harder to grow crops in general. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Lion has sort of instituted a bunch of positive sort of paid leave. Yeah, I think them. it's important to call this out when they actually do good yeah. things. For so we'll, we'll call out and they do the wrong thing. So yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, we give them so much shit so much yeah. of the time. It's important to actually say when they've done something good for their workforce and their... Yeah, definitely. You know, definitely. Probably society as a whole. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, lots of good initiatives to make this the workplace more inclusive. Yep. Um, so they've got 12 weeks paid leave for stillbirth, which is obviously tragic. You know, yeah, yeah. Happens. And like should should be treated like parental leave to a degree. That's right. Yep. That's right, because it it's a grieving process mm. at the end of the day. Um, they've got 10 days additional leave, lay on top of your normal leave, if you suffer a miscarriage, if you're a victim of domestic violence, or for gender affirmation leave. Yeah. I do. Yeah. And then they've also added in um, additional bereavement for cultures that need that. So Aboriginal groups, Pacific Island groups, yeah. Maori groups, you know, all that sort of stuff. Those guys, are they're entitled to three extra days leave for bereavement. Yeah, good. Because a lot of, I do see, like, you know, there's a lot of snarky talk about, you know, people going off the reservation or whatever when, when something like that happens. And it's it's very much... I mean, uh, difficult for a lot of Australians to understand. No, that is just part of the basic grieving process. That's right. Even if the person maybe is not as affected, you know, deeply, it, it's still... There's a process to go through. It's That's like, right. Yeah. yeah. That's um, right. And, yeah, obviously, work is not as serious and businesses should be offering this. It, That's right. Yeah. There are things far more important than working. That's right. I'm glad that Lion has realised that. It's important that Lion have realised that they have people who work for them. Not well, they have workers. a diverse workforce well, and they right. have to recognise the yeah. diversity. You don't just get get to hire a diverse workforce and be like, all right, cool, have fun. Yeah. You can do what all the white people do. It's like, it's like, yeah, you actually have... All the white males. Yeah, really. yeah, yeah, sorry, yes, that's yeah. more accurate, yeah. Um, that's the thing, yeah. And I think that's that's really positive. I think it needs to be called out when they actually do something positive. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, and as someone, yeah, I'm very, very much want my the place I work for to do that. I'm sure you want the same. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, well, we, we should be very positive about it when Lion do it. Yeah, when people do the right thing, they should be rewarded for it. Yeah, even if they've completely butchered Kosciuszko and there's no hot character character anymore, then we should still give them props where it's deserved. Um, So Feral are staying with Coca-Cola, which is interesting. That's been a bit of a a saga. Hasn't it? I also liked it in the release was following extensive review. Yeah. I thought they did an extensive review and they decided to get rid of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other the other take home message: We can't overlook the growth and brand loyalty the Feral team achieved over the last four years. I think it's more than four years. I think that's the bit they've owned. It yeah, I know. but <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Like, I it, think it all happened before they were involved. Well, that's potentially true, but they're claiming growth in that period. Well, you look at Feral Draft, yeah. rebranding of Hop Hog. Um, they've they've been pretty positive. But why did they try and get rid of it in the first place then? <laughs> Yeah, it, it's interesting. Um, I wonder if the, maybe ditching the venue has made it more of maybe. an attractive proposition. Maybe. Uh, they also mentioned a three-year plan going forward mm-hmm. and that they're still exiting the rest of Beer Insider, just not Feral. Interesting. 
So, so Yenda. We're, not, we're never going to have a Yenda Pale Ale again. What a shame. God, gee, it's going to have to do a whole podcast deep diving into Yenda. Oh, Dylan. Dylan. The things we do for science. Yeah. Um, no, Yenda's awful. Good to hear <laughs> that um, Coke have... Well, I don't know if it's good to hear. And Feral would be fine either way, but they must make some business sense. I'm fascinated by the decision-making behind it. We're never going to find out the answer. No. But... Never say never. Well, that's true. Yeah. Um, we will say we've got... A billion awards ceremonies that have happened. We are we love to cover them. We're going to do it in a separate episode. I think. I think it might be a standalone. Yeah. Um, probably. Let's see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you hear it after this, <laughs> but yeah, no. Look, it's going to be a lot. So I think I think what we'll do is we'll chuck it in a separate episode and we'll pop that up. And if people are keen on hearing about awards, our wrap ups and so on, then listen to that. But otherwise, we're just going to. It'll be there. Yeah, it's very easy to find the information. Um, Positive stuff, though, generally. Um, yeah, because I know a lot of people do like how we wrap them. So Yeah, yeah, and I like covering them. Um, but, um, yeah, very very aware we're quite behind at this stage. Yeah, and very aware we don't really want a three-hour podcast. Yeah, yeah. Two hours is fine. But yeah. yeah. Not so much. Absolutely. Um, brewery and tap room opening. So we've got Brewdog Melbourne. Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> uh, so they've just announced that in the last couple of weeks. Okay. It's going to be at Pentridge Prison. Oh, nice. Yeah, um, and they've entered into a partnership with Australian Venue Co. Mm. Yeah. I will say, I've had a few beers from Brewdog Brisbane, really high quality. Oh, the beer, there's never been an issue with the beer yeah, at Brewdog. It's all the beer. It's all the beer. <laughs> it's everything else. They, they did also have... Um, God, imagine if Black Hops just brewed punk and we didn't have to worry about it being associated with Brewdog. <laughs> Stunning. Yeah. Uh, Twang? Yep. Open? They've opened in North Melbourne in... Early July? Yeah. I still don't think they've poured a beer of their own, which is slightly concerning. Yeah, I think we were just about going to go there, and then we weren't sure if then they were actually Instagram making them, their own they beer. Then we said they still weren't making their own. Yeah. Like, I think it was in Tank. Where did we go instead? Henry Street. Yeah, good place. Go, yeah. to, go to Henry Street. Yeah. Also, and also maybe go to Twain, I don't know. One of Melbourne's hidden gems, Henry Street. Yeah, good, good fun. Um, good fun. Uh, two doors uh, have opened. Um, you will hear about this later in the podcast. You will. They open in mid-July, and you'll hear about it later. Yep, we've had a couple of beers there today. Uh, 3806 are edging closer to opening. Yeah, so apparently that's 3806 is what they're going with. Interesting. So, yep, it? yep, good on them. Um, that's, the post- <laughs> that's the postcode of Berwick. Okay. playing at home. Um, yeah, they're, they're coming closer. Um, looking at September at this stage for an opening date. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, Berwick could probably do one. Well, that is one of these big holes yes. in Melbourne of where there isn't a brewery where there should be one. Another place we have to cross off our brewery opening, It's going to be an it's absolute disaster, Dylan, because there's going to be them, and there's going to be Smiley and Packenham soon. It's gonna oh, be, yeah. just going to be a disaster. It's going to actually be necessary to go out that way. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's good to hear. Um, Brick Lane are opening in the Mercat Cross Hotel. Yeah, so this is the weird pub in the middle of... Uh, Queen Vic Market. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's been de- got some multi hundred million, you know, state government funding. So they'll have to compete with themselves. Four Pines. No, oh no, that's what it is. Okay, sorry. I was like, what other breweries? Ah, okay. That's them. That's uh, the next move, is it? Yeah, yeah March twenty twenty three. Long term lease. They haven't announced how long that is. I assume it's ridiculous. Yeah, it would have to be. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this open an airport like, and that'll be room. awesome. Yeah, no, that'll be great. It'll be great. Um, yeah, Queen Vic is 
It's one of those things that's kind of funny because I feel like Queen Vic is overrated and underrated at the same time. Yeah. Overrated by uh, people in state, underrated by Melbournians. It's yes. still awesome produce. Uh, really good stuff there. There's still plenty of reasons to go there and having a beer is even more so. Especially if you know what you're going for. Yes, exactly. Um, Valhalla have opened, announced that they will open in North Geelong. Yeah, so they're going to open next year as well um, in North Geelong. Another we've we've been to their tap room, not super spectacular so far, but Valhalla are a, a bigger name than giving credit for. Perhaps. Yeah. I think they get more credit interstate than they do in Victoria. Mm. Um but they brew some really good beers. They do. They do. Um, I think they're, they're a little up and down, but yeah. generally um, they are very much a big player in the scene in the term, in the sense that they offer, off, occupy a niche, I think, that a lot of places... They're also a contract brand that's lasted six or seven years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, a credit to them. And um, I think as we'll, you know, as we'll sort of talk about going on, I think... Um, there are, there are brands that very much feel like themselves. Nebara very much feels oh, like yeah. that, That's Valhalla to, to the core. If, if you want to see what we mean by brands that stick to their own brands, go to the Valhalla Taproom. And if you see one, want to see one that doesn't, go to Dayton. Yeah, and I really hope that their new operation sticks to that. Yeah. Um, so they're keeping the bar in Geelong. That's staying. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so th- is this a production facility or is it going to be open to public? Not, not 100% sure. Okay, cool, cool. Um, brewery closures. So Red Dot, the uh, Singaporean import. Yep. Yep. This was never surprising. Like no, it's never going to last that long. I've well, it has lasted a long while. This is the thing. But like, like, who are they selling to? Well, this is this is always been my question. <laughs> it's not easy to find. It's an enormous brew house hmm. um, that they have there. They, I don't know where it's going, but they are apparently selling it here. Okay. It's difficult. It'll be to interesting. Find. I'm sure someone will be. Good. Uh, well, um, well, it's effectively a turnkey operation. Yeah. you got a lease, you got a big brewery. Someone is going to buy it. Well, I guess when you sell your place. Mate. Um, Stort Brewing, uh, closing up? Yeah, oh, yeah. So they're in Nambour, which is, I think, in a... I'm going to get this wrong. No, no it's, it's, it's near, near the Gold Coast. No, near... Oh, well, sort of halfway between Sunny Coast. It's um, kind of famously... Frank Sydney? Yeah. I, I knew it was Frank's. Yeah. <laughs> the question was, was it sun, Sunny Coast or Gold Coast? I get Nambour and Nimbin confused. Nimbin's the one near Byron. Yeah, yeah, okay. So it's 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 in between Sunny Coast and Gold Coast. I okay, think. cool. Probably totally right. Um, I've never I've been heard. before. <laughs> I haven't been to Salt. I've never heard of them. I think it was a COVID issue with um, roughly when they opened and... Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's tough. Like, there's only so many that can survive around there, so yeah. They've closed with a couple of hundred thousand in debt, which is Mm. in liquidator's hands at this point. Yeah. Um, Sorry to hear that. Um, Mm. Heard of them before. One of those ones I was like, thinking, I'll get there one day. So that's a shame. Yeah. Always a shame when, like, one of those ones, like, damn. Yeah. Um, No reason to go now. (laughs) Well. Um, Red Oak Beer Cafe have closed. Yeah, so Red Oak should be a bigger name in the Australian beer industry than they are. Mm. I, this isn't hugely surprising that they're closing this because they've never actually really integrated with what the craft consumer would want mm. considering what they they do um, they are going to open their brewery to the public for the first time what do they do first time? you'd have seen their beers they've got terrible labels um, you'd have had their beers okay it's one, it's one of those they're a very dis- a nothing thing they were just very early on the scene okay like, I think the beer cafe has been in central Sydney for 18 years. Okay. Which sort of 
gives you a rough idea. Of, yeah, it's very OG areas. Yeah. Um, so they're opening to the public for the first time, which is a big change because they never used to give out the address of the brewery. They yeah. were really like picky about, oh no, you don't need to go there. Yeah, yeah. Um, Interesting. Yeah, they're they're an OG brand we should know more about, but we don't. Can't do, due because to... Because they're do, a bit yeah, useless. Yeah, yeah. Not one you know? to let us know, yeah. Um, so we got uh, Spencer Brewery also closing. Yeah, so we'll have we'll talk about Spencer a little bit later. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's a this is an American brewery, not an Australian one. We should make it clear. Yes, um, yeah. it is, which is a bit different. Yeah. So they are the American Trappist Brewery. Yeah, they opened in twenty fourteen, uh, and have been sort of working on this for a while. They don't just don't think it's viable. I think we've talked about it before. We would have. It's interesting that there's... um, Yeah. And it's not super surprising, but in a way, it kind of is. Like, I feel like America has enough beer drinkers to support it. Basically, they said that they were superseded by people who were new and interesting. And that people... They didn't have enough core consumers who were, you know, buying their stuff every week. I guess, what what are they making they sell every day? Like, in... So, originally it was all traditional Trappist stuff. You know, triples, singles, yeah, quads. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, all that sort of doubles, all that sort of stuff. Uh, in recent years, they've sort of pivoted to like, we'll do an IPA, we'll do a, yeah, a lager. Which maybe was to a detriment almost. Yeah, yeah. probably. Um, and yeah, basically they went, we can't do it anymore. And they're selling the brewery equipment and remaining raw ingredients at auction. Just getting rid. Yeah. Well, that's a shame. But, it um, is. Yeah. You can hear about one of them in the cellar. Yeah, later. yeah. We will t- definitely talk about one of theirs. And um, Mildura maybe have closed. Well. They're in that brew. Yeah. Sort of, yeah. So in that whole brew liquidation disaster. Yeah. They've decided that Mildura is a subsidiary that can go. Yeah. More funny about that. Who knows what actually happens there. That's a brand that someone should save if brew haven't destroyed it completely. Yeah. And the question is that it's a big maybe, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we'll move on on that note to brewery sales. Yeah. Um, so Little Bang, which we'll talk about later this episode, have uh, sold to Duxton Pub Group. So it's it's more of a hospitality sale. Yeah. Yeah. So Duxton are a very ambitious um, independent pub group. Mm. Um They've got, I think, about 15 pubs in South Australia at the moment. Yep. Um, they have documented plans to be the third biggest pub owner in the country behind ALH and ABC. Yep. Um, they're also proudly independent, which is why I think it's quite an interesting pairing. For, Possibly why they sold. I, I think Little Bang said it was a reason why they sold. Yep. To them. was that They would keep it independent, you know. Mm-hmm. They can push it through their network. It'll be good. Yeah, yeah. But still interesting that Little Bang sold full stock. Uh, so I think one of the founders was moving to Perth. Yeah. I think that sort of was a, a one of the major reasons for selling was that they couldn't quite work out who'd put in what almost in the business. So it would yeah. be better for the two of them to sell at the same Just time. Just to split, yeah, than, yeah, move yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. But they're uh, both still going to be involved. Oh, good. That's always what you want to hear. Uh, catchment, catchment buys fortitude. Yes. So, so this, this is, is the Queensland brewery? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think catchment's in Brisbane and fortitude's up at Mount Tambourine. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Um, I, I just think this is interesting. Another one of these smaller 
smaller breweries buying another small brewery. Yeah, clearly they've they've one wants to maybe get out and the other one's aligned, don't see. Yeah, so I think Fortitude's been on the market sort of quietly for quite a while. Yeah, I do feel like that's a thing. Um and I think the biggest issue is that their kit is quite old. It's the old blue tongue kit. Ah oh, yeah. 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 Old um, blue tongue. And I think it needs a lot of refurbishment if you yeah, can I can imagine. Do a lot with it. And so yeah. I think this is actually a fit that'll work. Catchman will get the extra volume. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, just just an easy fix, I guess. Um, although always a bit of a risk for a, a smaller brewery to, to dump on another one. But, um, I think Catchman have quite big plans and yeah. possibly a lot of po- like a lot of pocket money. You've got to roll the dice, I guess, eventually, yeah. I think they have quite a big venue ownership plan. Yeah, yeah. That, that's often what it is, I guess, yeah. Yeah. Um Lion have sold uh, Four Pure and Magic Rock, which are UK breweries. Yeah, yeah. So Four Pure is a London one, I think. Magic Rock is definitely in Huddersfield. Plenty of beers from both, I just tell you. Yeah, Magic Rock's definitely in Huddersfield. Um, so they've sold to a group called Odyssey Inns. I believe it's a Hospo brand. Yeah, and they're going to roll yeah. through yep. their stuff. Um, they decided that those brands weren't suitable for global rollout. But we've seen both of them yeah. under their ownership here. But I don't, I don't disagree necessarily. No, do I. Like I think, I think I like their beers, but the they're thing, not doing anything super. You know. No, no. The thing I find really interesting was that the, the statement said, unlike other recent acquisitions, Bell's Brewing from the US, yeah, New Belgium from the US, yep. and Stone and Wood. Mm. Nice they get mentioned with Bell's and yeah. New Belgium. Um, just want to keep an eye on. Yep, yeah. Um, with those. Um, Might see Pacific Island America. Well, yeah, basically. Basically. Oh, I can finally finally have a good beer. That's a once. good beer. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so our next thing in the news is a little bit of equity crowdfunding. You've probably gotten bombarded with Instagram ads oh and so on. God. If you're a, yeah, if Anyone you're a on social media knows everything about yeah. these. Um so I thought this would be fun, Dylan. Yes. It's the five that we've got recently, which yes. brings us to 12 in 12 months. Yeah. We've got Akasha. Yeah. Bridge Road. Yeah. Three Ravens. Yeah. Future Magic and Dainton. Yeah. Can you put them in order of highest to lowest valuation, assuming that the record crowdfunding is, you know, completely Met. Yeah. So I guess it's difficult because I don't know the crowdfunding targets, but I'm going to just have a crowd. They're, they're all roughly the same. They're roughly in okay. the... They would... I think all of them want roughly two million bucks. Um, all right. So I think I would go... Um, I'll, just, I'll just give you my five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'd go Bridge Road. Yep, that's number one. And 52 million bucks they would value that day. Um, then... Akasha? No. Which is amazing. Um, Dayton? Yeah. Dainton. Yeah. Dainton at 31.5 million bucks. They have pushed really hard. They have. Um, so Akasha third? Yeah. Okay. 16 million. And then uh, Three Ravens? Yeah, 12. Future Magic. Future Magic. Three and a half million bucks without having sold a beer. Great. Well, good on Without enough. having good sold a beer. Uh, Three Ravens at 12 seems a bit insulting, to be honest. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. I would have almost put them up with the rest. It's a really tough question, though, because it's like... If you gave people this list of... So four of the five there, you'd think Future Magic's last, but four of the five yeah. there, you could raffle them, I think. I, I would have thought Bridge Rovers Daylight, and then the other three were exactly level. I'm shocked by the double the valuation on Dayton to Akasha. 
Yes, yes, that, that is surprising. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that. I, I think Danes have been aggressive though recently, they have. and that's it's not surprising that they are. And you and I have quite different perspectives on that because I never see them where I live. Yeah, and whereas for some reason here, it's not like I'm necessarily close. To them. You're well, you're closer. Yeah, closer, but like yeah, the amount that. I think the main thing is they have a partnership with Richie's and my local is yeah. at Richie's yeah. and so I see them everywhere because they make a beer for Richie's Yeah, and so they do like $50 slabs for Richie's and yeah. it's like, um, so we get all this stuff and it's like, yeah, um, it is interesting though. It's like, yeah, it does, maybe it's now the suburbs thing. Maybe. The, the more, yeah, like maybe don't are huge and we just don't really It's like. an enormous brewery. Where it is, it before. is. And it's a big, it's a big tap room and yeah. Um, yeah, no, fun exercise though. Um, if you have any thoughts about what order you think they should go in, please send them through because we're really interested to sort of... I'd also love anyone's thoughts on just equity crowdfunding full stop. Yeah. I mean, it's not something we've got involved in. Not something no. I'm interested in. Um, but I understand very useful for breweries. Nice oh, to have people have ownership. Very easy way to raise capital with next to no... App, like, there's no issue. Like, I think the problem is running a podcast and being involved in the scene to some degree. We see how fickle these things are. I, I think we need to stay somewhat independent on all of this sort of yeah, stuff yeah. as well. It's like we can't offer commentary if we have. Well, Angus, I'm a thousand dollars lighter in my bank account, and suddenly I think that future ma- magic should be uh, <laughs> appraised about everything Do else. Do you think and... they're the best brewery in Australia? Oh, I think they might be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you just wait, mate. Ah, beautiful. Look forward to the golden punts this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, tasting battle. Let's do this. Let's hammer them out. Let's round um, through. So, Maddock, our friends. Hope yep. they're all doing very well. Um, they have made a beer with the Belgian embassy in support of the Ukraine. Yeah, Ukraine humanitarian project called Help on Bees Wings. Yep. Um, the Belgian ambassador to Australia is a beekeeper. Lovely. He's got a whole heap of, like, Traditional Belgian plants planted in his garden, along with Australian natives, keeps bees there, and there the two of them have made a collaboration beer with his honey. They're sort of vaguely Belgian strong golden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, made that, sort of yeah. Yeah, help on bees wings. Beautiful, lovely, love it. Um, love everyone. In good on you, Annalise. Um, we're all yeah. Really cool though to get the Australian botanicals and the. Belgium attendance. Oh, yeah. In the same thing. It's, it's what they want to do, and I think, yeah. Um, Matic is one of my, my more respected breweries yeah. in Australia, and I think we have a good relationship with them and really appreciate everything they do. We've got um, a lot of good relationships with people coming up uh, in this little yeah. tasting battle. Especially Mildura. Well, I was going to um, say, especially West Flater. Yeah, yeah, yeah West Flater. Ah, oh, that little, that little brewery, no one cares about. Um, this is actually kind of a big thing. West Flater and have game labels. So I've always said, oh, they're the brewery that don't have labels. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the brown bottle that costs 50 bucks if yeah. you can find it. Famously, all the info was on the cap. Yes. Yeah. I think literally yesterday, they're naming, they're putting labels on it. Yeah. Fascinating. Don't know how I feel. I think it's... No, I think that they looked really good the way they were. Yeah, and they look okay now. And the labels aren't ostentatious, really. No, no, they're very small on yeah. there. But uh, it, it doesn't appear to be a reg- regulatory thing. It just appears to be a commercial decision, which I'm fascinated by. Well, at least we won't get it mixed up with our home brew anymore. And yeah. accidentally crack a Westie 12 instead of like, some goes or whatever. It does taste like my quad. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, I'm a good brewer. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I don't remember when I met a quad, but... <laughs> Um, beer cartel survey is back and still going. Maybe not by the time this goes out. Yeah, look, I think it so. ends at the end of August. Right, we'll well, see if we go. There's a target. 
um, vote for us if you are listening to this. Yes, and yeah, voted. so we're on the podcast list for this year. So um, thank you, Beer Cartel. Um, even if you just scrape the information from Apple, then um, yeah, no. Please. Didn't we rank that highly? People yeah, need to remember this. If you're listening, give us a vote because it just helps us know who's listening. It's always good as well to get some recognition for what we do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Not that we care because we're going to do it anyway, even if none of you listen. That is very true. That was um, very much the situation for the first year or two. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, very happy to have you here if you are hearing this. Um, Convoy, who we interviewed a few weeks ago. Yeah, Nick. Months ago, years ago. Yeah, it was quite a. I think <laughs> uh, listeners would have heard it a month ago. We did it like four yes. months ago. We apologise again for how long that took. Yeah, no, they, they were fantastic. They were, they were very professional yeah, and we Nick, were very not professional. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, you get that in the big job. Hashtag life. Yes. Hashtag Pyrocon Podcast. Um, no, they, they were great. And um, them acquiring analytics makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so Portuguese um, data company. I mean, yeah. It adds a lot to their sort of tracking stuff that they want to do with their kegs. And to be honest, of everyone we've interviewed, Convoy may be the biggest player in the beer scene in yeah. the next couple of years. They are going to be huge. Yeah. Um, like... The stuff that the, the technology and the yeah. execution they've got is so far beyond any potential competitors. I think yeah. they're just here. Yeah. Um, so good on them. Um, and thank you for coming on Miracle Podcast. Well, exactly. Um, Swan Draft has returned to the WA. Yeah, so I think they're going to be brewed at Little Creatures again, having been no. I think brewed in South Australia. Yeah, for a few yeah. Years. Oh, yeah, I think they were. I think we may have covered that just I, a bit. I, we did. Yeah. Um, and this is one of these WA parochialism things. Yeah. COVID but, really brought this out, but yeah. I remember the only time I've had a swan draft is my partner and I drove an hour and a half out of Fremantle and God, we're in the middle of nowhere near where you we You don't say. Like, an hour yeah. and a half out of Fremantle. Yeah. <laughs> up and up. So Ugh. it was like, yeah, not down. Um, and it was just like stinking hot and like we went into a pub that was like a historical building the only yeah. thing they had they were like well I can't have beer and like we only have one yeah and beer it was a swan draft sensational and it was fine yeah that's <laughs> a perfectly acceptable yeah, it was lager. 40 degrees anything would have been fine but that was especially fine um Australian Weed Ale this is one of the most interesting news things to me is like the trying to create a new style yeah this is fascinating until you hear who's involved which is CUB and Endeavour yeah so you know Dan's and Carlton. Yeah, Dan's and like the biggest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they've decided they're going to make an Australian wheat ale. Yep. Which with a clean fermenting yeast, so USO5, something something yep. similar, uh, with Eclipse hops. So Ooh. it's an American wheat ale with an Australian hop. Yeah. Just about. Yeah, that's what it is. Phil Sexton described it as somewhere between a Pacific ale and a Redback. Yep. Uh, and the brewers that have produced it, funnily enough, are all CUB. Oh. Staple brewers. Matilda Bay, Mountain Goat, Pirate Life, Four Pines, and Green Beacon. So I've had three of those, I reckon. Have you? Green Beacon, Pirate Life, and... What are the other ones? Can I say again? Uh, Matilda Bay, Mountain Goat, and Four um, Pines. Yeah, Mountain Goat. Um, and it's interesting because they all have quite different interpretations of the style. Fascinating, because I haven't had one. Okay. Um, so... You may have had green beacons. It's been kicking around. Um, but either way, um, it's interesting. They all have different interpretations. Pirate Life's was very good. Mountain Goats was horrible. And um, green beacons is fine. 
So it's but it's interesting how the the quality varies, but they all kind of have the same idea. They just execute it very differently. Fascinating. Um, Mountain Goat, the hop uh, character, is very muted. Yeah. Um, Pirate Life, it's a bit more prevalent, but like it's more very Pride or Vice kind of areas. Like interesting. it's it's there. Yeah. But like it's not dominating. Um, Green Beacon, sort of like more of a fruity kind of thing, and you wouldn't know it's a wheat beer unless you were told it was one. Interesting. Um, but yeah, um, I think it's really cool. I didn't even know this was a thing. I remember messaging you and saying, oh, there's a lot of weird little Australian wheat beers coming out. And, um, yeah, and I bought a few of them and didn't realize that this was a thing, but it makes a lot of sense. So it'd be interesting. I don't like personally, I don't think it's a distinct enough style. And I do feel a little cynical about the fact that it's these companies doing it. And I feel like if it was Stomping Ground doing it with Pride of Ice, being like, look, Pride of Ice has been so successful since we got rid of the peach or yep. whatever they used to have in it, um, we should make Australian wheat ale a thing, then I would be like, yeah, cool, man. Like, that's, that, yeah, I feel like that, that is, serves a purpose. And I almost feel like I just don't know if it's doing a lot that's not served by Pacific Ale. We should also shout out Stomping Ground as a previous sponsor of Peak Performance. Yes, we should. And Because um, um, they, they donated Pride of Ice to that because it was originally for disadvantaged children, particularly from gay you know, gay children particularly have yeah, issues yeah. Uh-huh. in certain communities. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and I, I think I think it's very much, yeah. I, I'm more excited about them in terms of an Australian weed ale. So, like, yeah. if they got around, they'd probably get around more. It, it's just very interesting. Like, I feel like making a new style is good if it's been neglected. I don't feel like this is something that's been neglected. No. It's not like... Um, you know, New Zealand Pilsner or yeah. the um, interesting one was, which I think we talked about last podcast was a Ukrainian golden. golden. Yeah. Yeah. 8% which, sort of. Belgian yeah. Sort of like a, a strong lager by way of a Belgian strong. It was very interesting. Whereas I feel like this is a new thing that they're just trying to. Yeah. 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 Um, we'll see. Interesting. We'll see. Um, I, I would. I reckon it won't take off with craft brewers purely because of who launched it. Yes. That's my main thing is like, where are you going to get the traction from? Yeah. And so it'll be interesting. Um, last thing on the tasting battle uh, is the Bayside Beer Belt. Well, I thought I'd throw this to you, Dylan. Have you heard of the Bayside Beer Belt? Um, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, well... I honestly don't know. It, it sort of sounds like something maybe that it exists. So these guys got a $43,000 Victorian government small-scale and craft program grant. Mm. Uh, so who it, are these guys? Yep. Yeah, so it's Stomping Ground Rabbit. Okay. Two Brothers, Boat Rocker, Bojack, Brayside, Dainton, Wolf of the Willows, and a couple of distillers. So just um, everyone around me, basically. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's why I asked you. So yeah, yeah. This is your sort of... Your people. Yeah. No, not really. Yeah. Um, basically, they got the grant about three months ago to raise awareness of this. Okay. I haven't heard anything. You no. haven't heard anything. Let's see where that's going. Maybe the wrong circles? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe they also haven't actually enacted anything. That's yes, that's possible. Way. But yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. Yeah, exactly. TBA. I, I thought think. we'll uh, come back to that in the future. Definitely. Um, all right. We're yeah. done with the news. We're done. That was a, a good eight hours or so. Something like that. Yeah. Um, we'll be back shortly. Okay, welcome back. Uh, we are here. This is a sort of a bit of an add-on that we've popped in here because in the process of putting this episode together, uh, Stomping Ground has sold to good drinks. So this happened... What was it? The seventeenth of August. Yeah, in that ballpark, nineteenth maybe. Nineteenth, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, so they, they are. I mean, no longer independent, but kind of independent. It's uh they're not yeah, just by this themselves really, anymore. Yeah. 
Yeah, it really goes to your definition of independent now, doesn't it? Mm. Because if good drinks are independent, it would seem likely to me that stumping ground are. But then at what point does it <laughs> tip over the that, edge? That's right, because they're, as an individual entity, if you go right back to the point, they're not independent because there's a parent company. Yeah, exactly. Even so if that parent definition. company is independent. <laughs> yeah. So just to, the nitty-gritty of it is that good drinks have been in a growth phase for a while. Um, they're obviously, you know, Gage Roads is their primary sort of brand and they're looking to expand to the East Coast, which makes sense. Um, the fascinating part, I guess, is that, you know, they sort of bought back Gage Roads for themselves and are now sort of becoming this, uh, you know, little behemoth of their own. It's sort of, it's more than just buying back Gage Roads. It's clearly like a bigger plan um, and they want to yeah. sort of, yeah, be be a big player in Australia and, We'll call it independent beer just for the, the sake of uh, the the podcast and not being annoying. That's just want to be a big player in Australian independent beer and obviously go up against, you know, the sort of big multinational conglomerates. Um, so they acquired the business after what they called a long courtship and they paid. Yeah, so I think it's about 18 months. They've been talking about, I think, originally Stomping Ground were looking for some capital and then, you know, brands and synergies evolved and yeah. this is where we ended up. They were like, we've got, we've got some capital. Um, and so they paid uh, $7 million in cash as well as $4.5 million ordinary shares, which is another $3.5 million or so. And so I think there's other things that go in there, which we'll get into a bit, but event, which to say is potentially worth about $30 million. Um, so upfront value, $10.4 million potentially, another $20 million on top of that, depending if certain targets are hit. Um, and yeah, I think that's the most simplistic way to look at it with um, they're going to, it's going to end up, You'd assume mid twenties, conservatively. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's some things here. So they're sort of talking about um, venue earnings, um, beta targets, and you know shares based on uh, on liters sold, which is a, a bit confusing. But um, I think the main thing here is I, I, I have no concern, no doubt that they'll hit the venue earnings targets. It's probably more the, yeah. the package stuff. Yeah, which is really interesting because I really see this as. Um, good drinks looking for an east coast brand effectively yeah i mean i i guess to me um something ground is such a, a hospitality presence that it's interesting like obviously you know we we drink plenty of it but it's not something that i see mm-hmm. the average person carrying around a lot of you know like people go to stomping ground they don't buy stomping ground to take to parties and events that's in my experience it's more of a place you go rather than a beer you buy um it's not because the beer is poor or anything it's just in terms of you do wonder if with reach and stuff maybe they can there's definitely name brand recognition there you wonder if they could take advantage of that more with better distribution and more volume and that's what i assume they're going for and where their growth will come from to reach all these these reach targets over the years because you can't really scale their in-venue sales much more than they already have. No, it's incredibly popular and, and Morris yeah. was incredibly popular and constantly booked out in um, the airport uh, venue, which I think is... The airport venues, venues full, you know, at seven in the morning when I get on a number of flights. <laughs> exactly. So I think the venue part is no problem, really. Like, I, I can't imagine that's going to change too much. Uh, it is just, yeah, whether the the volume stuff pays off because they're looking to go up from 1.5 million litres annually to 4 million litres in the next five years. Um, yeah. And that's kind of and need to add, yeah. And need to average about 3.5 million over that whole period to reach their end, you know, their max 
goals on this um on their reach targets sort of thing. By so they're going to scale. They're going to scale quickly. Basically, they're going to have to really. They're going to have to, or they're going to have to hit you know six million. <laughs> yeah, yeah, last year really really push hard, which is you know not impossible depending on what happens. Um, it's sort of interesting looking at some of the. Other uh, turnovers that, you know, breweries do and, like, it does seem like it's a lot of beer <laughs> compared to some yep. of these things. Like, if you look at, uh, you know, Black Hops doing around $2 million, um, it does make you think, well, that's suddenly six or, you know, four to six seems like a hell of a lot to do two to three times Black Hops numbers of packaged beer. Yes. Suddenly it's looking like a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's a shame that we don't know the likes of Bridge Road and stuff because I'd be really fascinated on what their package numbers would be. Uh, uh, it's quite a bit, I think. I would love to know. You'd assume it would uh, be similar um, to Black Ops. I mean, Black Ops, I think, have... Uh, I think it's bigger. I think it's a bit bigger. Um, but it's not coming to me. <laughs> yeah. This is the problem with recording after work on a... Uh, Midweek brain isn't always working at optimal levels. Yeah, no, that's that's totally there with you. Um, it's it's very interesting though. I think it's I'm really fascinated to see where they go with it and what they do. Um, for me, it's it's a I wouldn't say it's a risk. Like I think they will comfortably make money, but whether they will grow the way they want them to is is really interesting. And we're sort of talking off air about some of the the main competitors they would have and, you know, the likes of Burley and Black Hops and stuff really seem like the big sort of people that they need to to scale to and past to really sort of hit targets and become what good drinks want them to. Yeah, it's really interesting. And the fact that Steve and Guy and Justin are all staying on board is probably a good thing if they're attempting to reach those targets. Yeah, well, I mean, it's certainly they have a vested interest to hit those targets in the next five years, yeah. obviously. So it um, makes sense for them to hang around at least for that, if nothing else. Um, and it keeps them away from starting a, another hospitality venue that may, uh, you know, eat into that market share. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So it, it's pretty interesting in terms of they want to do it as sort of like a business, you know, like it's good for business practice and things. And uh, they just, it's better than crowdfunding, which I, I kind of agree with. Like, I don't know. This crowdfunding seems quite successful, um, a lot of these raises, but I just wonder. You can't do it forever, you know. It's not. Uh, it's not, also very useful if you're a business as you effectively have no accountability. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think the, um, the amount of money you raise compared to something like this deal is going to be, you know, not a pittance, but it's certainly a lot less. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's there's a really interesting table on Brews News, which kind of has crowdfunding valuations. Now that we're on that topic, and um, mm. yeah, really fascinating some of these valuations. Um, if you if you look at stomping ground somewhere between ten to thirty, so let's just call it twenty. You know, twenty to mid twenties. Um, yeah, sort of what we called it. So that sort of puts it around the mark of things like Other Side and Holgate. Um, I would have thought that stomping ground was a bigger name than them. Yeah, yeah, but as as we were saying, how much of that is just related to the hospitality venue? Venues? Yes, yeah, no, that's true. It's true. Um, there's definitely, yeah, 
I think there's some really, really interesting ones on here. I mean, like the like spin effects being worth eight million. I've like barely yeah. know anything about them. Um, They're one of those WA ones, I think that. Unless you're a West Australian person, you have no idea what's going on. Yeah, yeah, and uh, like Future Magic's three point five, and like the revenue multiple they bit. have, yeah, is is crazy. Um, like yeah, that revenue multiple is just. We, we might the check that. We'll um speak to Matt and probably check that table in the podcast notes just for people to have a look at. Yeah, it's because this is fascinating. We could sort of go through it for ages, but I think it's sort of very interesting to go through in your own your own time. Um it's definitely exactly. like it says that Black Hop sort of yeah is is the biggest player out of this list anyway. And this list is a is a pretty big who's who of uh, a lot of East Coast beer at least. Yeah, I think probably young Henry's is the only one yes, sort of missing in that and, and Burley and Burley, yeah. And Burley. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's what Stomping Ground's gonna have to compete against. So that's pretty interesting. Um, I guess does this change how you feel about Stomping Ground at all, or is it um not really, I don't think. Um at this point, I think I still think they're independent, but it depends how they act over the next year, I reckon, will probably dictate what I do with them long-term, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, certainly not. It's not like a stone and wood situation for me where I'm kind of writing them off, but I I, uh, I do agree with you. It sort of depends how this expansion goes and whether they're – does the quality of beer improve or does it get diluted? Um, yeah. What, is the, what does this mean? Like, what does the ramping up in volume actually mean? And I think that's going to be the really interesting part that we will no doubt keep an eye on. The one thing I will add, on the weekend I went to Collingwood Abbotsford and instead of starting at Stomping Ground, I did start at Bodrigi. And I wonder if that was a subconscious decision. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, yeah, it feels like Bodrigi has taken a few notes venue-wise from Stomping Ground in terms of just... <laughs> Yeah. You don't say. <laughs> yeah. So, so maybe it was that. It's the next next first thing. Um, mm. But, yeah, I think it's a really interesting, um, like, pairing. I mean, good drinks have, like, distribution deals with, with big overseas brands, like Molson yep. Tours and so on. But in terms of what who they have in Australia, um, who else Matt do they really have? Okay. So they're, yeah, I, a reasonably big name in certain circles, I would say. Yep. Yep. Um, off the top of my head, I can't think of another one of theirs. I don't think there's many. I think it's almost all Matzos and um, Gage Roads. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very, very West Coast focused. Um, yep. Yeah. One one little tidbit that uh, I did want to mention as well is that the local tap house mm. is part of the deal. Oh, is it? Yeah, which is interesting. That. Yeah, um, that's pretty great. Is that is there something going own that? Do they? Is that the case? Or the founders? Uh, well, the the founders started both. Okay. So the, I wonder if that was just part of how they'd structured everything, or if that was just a oh, we can get rid of this at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> sort well, of deal. I mean, certainly helps the venue earnings targets and so on. Exactly. Exactly. 
Although, how much beer do you really move? Oh, I suppose a lot of beer through the local tap house. Yeah, it's a thing. They, they could definitely, especially if you change over a lot of taps to Stone again. Okay, we need to hit That's some true. targets. Let's, let's uh, switch it all <laughs> over to, to Sky Park. And, yep. Um, yeah, I mean, as long as they keep making into the barrel, I, I'm all for it for now. And we'll sort of see how this goes long term. Is there any other, any final thoughts you had on this? I'm just, yeah, fascinated. Like it's, it does sort of answer the, what we've been talking about for a while about where do these breweries sell when they, when people actually want to get out. Um, yeah. It it's, certainly feels like a more honest sale than uh, the likes of Stone and Wood and even even your ferals and stuff. It feels like it's more collaborative and yep. they're selling to someone who, because they agree with where they want to move the business, not just because they want to get rid of the business, you know. I also think they they haven't been one. They've always talked about independence being important and they've sold to someone who they think is independent. And so that feels like ideologies align for me at least yeah unlike the stone and wood sale where you know what they said compared to how they'd spoken over the last sort of 10 years was genuinely offensive i think this these guys have just stayed true to the values of themselves and stomping ground and yeah yeah because i would have said stone and wood were more they were closer to someone like mars and who you imagine would burn hawkers down before selling it kind of thing unless he wanted to go do something else um yeah yeah uh, but yeah, whereas whereas I think Stomping Ground have always been pretty honest about what they are. Like that, they you know they make good beer. It's not super complicated beer. They they run great hospitality venues. It makes a hell of a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I I think I don't think it's a stretch to say that it will be the biggest East Coast brand in five years. Yeah, it'll be certainly be interesting to come back and revisit it. Like. I, you know, I, I wonder about Burley's sort of longevity with more players coming in. I I can't emphasize how much I think that better beer taking off is going to hurt Burley. Yep, um, yep. Because they have one really popular beer and some mildly popular beers that you can't really find outside of Queensland. So, yeah, very interesting. If 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 better beer gets outside of Dan's, I think they might there might be some really interesting times for Burley in terms of how they're going to yeah. Yeah, that could be a problem for them. Yeah. I didn't even consider that. That's a whole nother podcast. I was though. gonna say, yeah, probably probably not one to get into here or <laughs> be here all night. But um yeah, we'd love to hear your thoughts about the stomping ground sale if you've got any. Um so please feel free to drop us an email, leave us a comment, and uh yep. you know, if we get anything interesting, we'll uh read it out next time. We might have some clearer thoughts by then too. Yeah, exactly. We're almost a bit close to it. Yes. Or yeah. slightly too far away from it from for really hot takes yeah exactly you know, it, we can't mellowed enough it. yeah yeah um because it was definitely yeah definitely some hot takes going around in the head when that when i heard the news but then you read into it a bit more and you're like oh, actually it's kind of makes this is pretty chill and makes a lot of sense yeah this is all actually okay <laughs> I guess one one thing I'll say is that uh, I, I quizzed some of my more casual craft beer drinking friends yesterday. None of them had any idea it had happened, and yeah. they were all stunned at how low the valuation was. Um, yeah. That's one thing I'll, I'll put out there um, just compared to some of the other brewery sales we've seen. Um, and are these guys who know what those other breweries were valued at? Like they probably uh, no, I, I, I gave valuation. Them, yeah, I, I sort of oh, just okay. gave them some numbers. Um, yeah, certainly the kind of guys who go to stomping grounds. 
Yeah, yeah. I do think that uh, people in Melbourne think it's a much bigger brand than elsewhere. Well, I think that's what I've realised for sure. Like um, I was stunned at how low it was, but then I was thinking like if do people in Queensland even know <laughs> what Stopping yeah. Ground is? You know, like yeah. does a casual beer drinker have any idea who they are outside of Victoria? Um, if you're not yeah. the kind of person who's been there before, are you ever going to buy their beer? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's all fascinating. It is. It is. But and I'm, really, at the end of the day, if those guys are happy with it, good on them. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. Made a very successful brand, cashed out. And yeah, and still gets me involved. Yeah. 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 That's, Almost yeah. a dream. Yeah. <laughs> to run your own brewery without the uh, the stress of paying for it. Well, yeah, that's the thing. They've, yeah, I mean, they've they've done the stressful times and now they hopefully get to, to ride off into the sunset. That's um, it. Yeah. See how it goes. We are going to go through some of the awards shows that happened in the last six-ish months. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. So, but we like to cover these. Um, we do. We like to go through, talk them through, um, what they might mean, what we think about them. And uh, yeah, this seems like a perfect time to do so. So we don't have to get constrained by all the um, stuff we normally have to deal with. In a yeah, no, we can just ignore normal podcast conventions and take as long as we like yeah, here because we are normally very 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 restructured and uh, organized <laughs> and timely and yes so all and of so those things um so we're gonna go from oldest to newest I we think. are um that way we can at least make sure we cover everything and then if you heard stuff before you can just skip forward a bit and there'll hopefully be some timestamps i reckon we can do timestamps yeah let's do that um so we're gonna kick it off with the world beer cup um, so Urban Alley Slapshot won a bronze, uh, Stone and Woods Green Coast won a silver, and Buckety's Pale Ale number two won a bronze. Yeah, so Slapshot took out Australian style Pale Ale. Yep. Uh, Stone and Wood uh, Green Coast took out Keller Beer slash Spickle Beer, and Buckety's Brewing took out Session Beer, which mm. is an interesting category for me. Mm. Hard to know. I mean, I'm sure there's guidelines, yeah, but it's yeah, hard to yeah. know what, when you put something in the session beer. And, That's right. That's right. Um, have you ever had a slap shot? I reckon I might have. I have Like a pub sure or I something? Haven't. Yeah. I, I'm not sure, to be honest. Yeah. I'd have to check. Um, I, I wouldn't say no, but I wouldn't say yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah look, that's pretty impressive, um, considering the category, like the, the competition. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. At a, at a world award, if you're uh, yeah, yeah, which not that many Australian brewers would enter as well. No, I think I think the Stone Wood result is very impressive. Yeah, it is tricky category. Yes, definitely. Um, so the AIBAs happened as well. They did. Um, so Champion Beer was won by Beerland for Blueberry Clouds. Yeah, which I think is a Blueberry Hefeweizen, if I'm not wrong. Oh, okay, okay, that's very interesting. Yeah, yeah, one of those things you wouldn't think would win a Champion Beer, but. Here we are. Often seems to be the case of the AABA is that the thing the kind of style you don't expect them to win is the wins. one that wins. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Champion Large Brewery is Hawkers. Yep. Which um, makes sense. I think that's probably where I would go. Less surprising. Um, Champion Medium is Stomping Ground. I guess the surprising part is that Stomping Ground's a medium brewery. Well, apparently Stomping Ground's not big outside Victoria. Yeah. This is one of those things that fascinates me every time because it's huge. 
It yeah. definitely doesn't feel like it being in Victoria, but yeah, yeah. as you said, yeah. Uh, Jamie and Small is Moffat Beach. Yep. Um, I've only had one beer recently from Moffat Beach, and it took out my beer of the week that week, so... Ah. They must be doing something. They're doing right. something, right? Yeah. Uh, Gypsy Brewer is Dollar Bill. Good to see those guys represented somehow, and they're very worthy winners. Yeah, not surprising after their, their, their previous love, and... um. Best Amber or Dark Lager was taken out by King River's Mabon Dockwellbock. I think it's important to mention our friends at King River whenever they do anything well. Yeah. Um, that's a sensational beer. I love mm. that beer. Great beer and well-deserved award. And yeah. fun to give a Dark Lager to a Dockwellbock. Like, obviously exactly. it is, but like it's... I mean, it is a Dark Lager. It's just a... Getting gnawed a, from time to time. A more fun Dark Lager. Yeah, exactly. Uh, low alcohol goes to Stone and Woods East Point. Yeah, I thought we'd include that purely because I think we had that on the pod uh, at some point in the future, in the yeah. past. Yeah, I, I'm quite fond of um, East Point. I think it feels a nice little niche. Yeah. Um, it's a fun little sour. And they seem you know, determined to make a other range, which I think you need to do. You need to really push it. And, yeah. Um, and yeah. they have, so good to, good on them. Yeah, and it's 2.8%, so it's really mm. really on that lower side. And um, yeah, good on them. And uh, speaking of friends of the podcast, not Stone and Wood, King River, um, Claire Burnett took out media, and that is well-deserved. Oh, yeah. Claire, Claire deserves everything she gets. Definitely. Uh, for what she does for the industry, and yeah. Hopefully have a chat to her again soon. Uh, the Royal Perth Beer Show. Um, champion beer was taken out by Rocky Ridge for their Polsky Pivo, uh, Grzydzki. I don't think Grzydzki is getting enough love. No, definitely and not. isn't that a fascinating win yeah yeah i mean i think rocky ridge they they, they feel to me like the stomping ground of wa yeah yeah that we hear about them and like we maybe get some beers and they're not always in great condition but they seem very very loved over there i think when you get one in good condition you go oh yeah i get this yeah yeah it just doesn't happen that much yeah uh, so Champion Large Brewer is also taken out by Rocky Ridge. Uh, Funny that. Yeah. Medium was Other Side. Yep. Who have done some good stuff that we've liked. Yep. I really like... I think I was very big on Other Side last year for the Brew of the Year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Champion Small was Artisan. Yeah, who I've had one beer from, which was in a car and uh, I think it might have been a um, camp vent. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it was like a Belgian quad, I think. Okay. Yeah, I, I think they're yeah, a Belgian inspired yes. brewery down down south. Somewhere. That's cool. Yeah, yeah that fits. Um, so the Adelaide Beer Insider Show uh, champion beer was Left Barrels Bob's Yadunkul. What a name! Yeah, good name. What a style! Another good win for a sort of less traditional style. Yep, yep, and we we like Left Barrel as well. Yeah, yeah, it'll be good to see them back. Uh, champion Large Brewery Vale. Interesting for me. Yeah. Um, I don't quite know how this was calculated. I know they only had large and small in South Australia. Yeah. Uh, and they had a size cat cut off. But I'm interested to see how Vale end up top. I think Vale are definitely a large brewery, but in terms of their output... That's, the that's more my question. Yeah. How did you how did you come up with best large brewery? Yeah. I mean, do they execute everything perfectly? Yeah. yeah. It'd be interesting. Uh, Champion Small Brewery, Nowhere Man... Yeah, which is a WA brand, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, it doesn't seem the kind of thing you'd award it. Yeah. Whatever, but they I, must have submitted and been the best. So. That's right. That, and that's where I think the categorization is interesting for how they do things. Yeah, definitely. Um, Champion Sato is Hills. 
Yep. Hill's Apple, I think. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Very straight up and down. Yeah. But, I mean, it's a good cider. Yeah. And Chemi and Perry was Barossa Valley Cider Squashed Pear. So two fairly modern ciders. Well, that's what I was thinking as well. Mm. They're, they're, um, I haven't had the squash pear, but I can imagine where it is going. Mm. If you call something squash, it's not going to be a classic right. dry perry. That's yet. right. Yep. Um, Royal Sydney. Yep. So they had a 50-50 diversity split on the judging panel. Yeah, which I think we should give them credit to. Yeah, and I think it's, I think it's interesting to see if like awards change at all. From that, because you assume it's normally male dominated. If you think, if you're saying the palettes are different from male to female, or well, I assume, I assume it's partially the reason they do it. There has to be some, yeah, yeah, yeah. There has to be some benefit to it. Um, so, Jamie and packaged beer was Wayward Raspberry Blinner, which, yep. um, along with Miss Pinky, is just you know a really, really well executed and consistent um, sour beer. And on that note, I think we should say we give them credit for the diversity, but what are they doing with their champion prices? At Royal Sydney. Everyone else follows a relatively consistent <laughs> profile and Sydney decides... Messing it all up. Yeah, yeah, making it too confusing for us. Um, but lovely beer. That yes, you know, it is, it is, it is. It's well made. Um, champion draft beer is Sydney Speakeasy Black IPA. I've never heard of this before. So. Mm, neither have I, but good to see Black IPAs winning awards. Yep, definitely. Uh, champion experimental beer, Australian Reign of Darkness. Again, not too sure about that one. Neither am I. Australian Brewery. Hit very very hit and miss, um, but yeah, they Rain did. of Darkness sounds like a stout, doesn't it? Uh, almost certainly, yeah, something barrel age or something. But um, Australian brewery, I think, are, are good brewers that just do a lot of sort of unremarkable stuff. Yeah, yeah, it is an imperial stout. Yep, clocking in at nine point eight six percent, with eight check ins on untapped. Yeah. So they're, 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 I mean, yeah, I'm not surprised they win awards that they're good brewers, well-trained yeah. brewers. Yeah, they just don't get that beer out there enough to their... Yeah, yeah, which is weird because it's very much into what they do. But I mean, maybe right. maybe again, New South Wales thing where they see them all the time and we don't. Yeah. Um, best New South Wales beer, Sydney Speakeasy Black IPA again. Yep, yep, sounds like it's a, a cracker. And another win for the Barossa Valley Squashed Pear Cider at the Royal Sydney and Champion Perry. Which we might have to try and get our hands on for next episode. Yeah, yeah, definitely. If it's if it's winning multiple awards, that's right. And finally, the New Zealand Beer Awards. Um, we always like these because we're quite fond of New Zealand beer, yep. and it's interesting to see what they rate as opposed to what we rate over the that's pond. That's right. Um, so, champion beer is Garage Project Chance Luck and Magic. Not super surprising. No, excellent beer. Yeah, top shelf beer, um, and not surprising that Garage Project would win. Or that Garage Project would win Champion Large Brewery, which they did. No, I I am genuinely shocked by that. <laughs> uh, Champion Medium Brewery was taken out by Behemoth. Again, genuinely shocked. Yeah. There are a lot of choices, though. There's, more, there's certainly more. There would be more in that category. I Again, I don't quite know how they categorise it. Yeah, that makes it harder. Um, small and micro are probably the most interesting. Yep. Uh, so small was Three Sisters. Yep, who I've never heard of. No, neither. Uh, but I think they make quite modern stuff. Yep. Um, and Champion Micro was Kainui Bruco, who I don't know well either. They're more interesting. They're sort of like a um, traditional farmhouse sort of stuff. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also do, you know, hazy stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. You have to. Pay pay the bills with one side. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. 
fund the passion of the one album. for the studio yeah one for yourself. exactly yeah um, and that's it that's it for awards that's it we've done it with the Scousing Report. Um, so we have just come back from Two Doors Brewing in Ashburton. Uh, so Ashburton's first brewery in uh, in Old Victoria, a little dry zone at Ashburton. Yeah, back in the day. Huh? Yeah, yeah. And I, I can't even remember where that dry zone ends, but... Must be just somewhere. Well, the Vintage Cellars right is right next to it. That's so, right. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're right around the dry zone. Yeah. Which is one of these antiquated things. Like, they're not really dry zones anymore. Yeah. They're sort of like... Limited licenses, effectively. Yeah, yeah. Like, let's not have too many bars here, zones. Like, so I... If it's like Ramblers, Ramblers can only produce enough for them. They can't sell it outside their facility. Ah, interesting. So whenever we'll I see two doors in cans on the shelves... That's my assumption, yeah. if it's the same. But if you go and get a separate production facility, that can obviously change. Yeah, okay, okay. Well, it, it felt like... Uh, not to get too ahead of ourselves but it felt like the vibe of two doors wasn't really going for production it felt very much no. like a local local bar sort of vibe so yeah i'm actually intrigued by the decision to put a brewery in that space with what they're doing yeah it doesn't necessarily feel like a, a brew pub or anything it's like, no it's more of like a upscale bar wine cocktail bar yeah high-end sort of uh snacks. appetizer <laughs> snacky things yeah prices mates yes 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 and um and yeah, def- definitely Ashburton prices. Yes. Um, it is a wealthy suburb and it, it shows. certainly reflects, yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, so um, Two Doors opened in 2020. Um, I think they... Pl- I but think they, they existed in 2020? I think they planned to open in 2020. Yeah. And then COVID happened. They've got, they've got AST 2020 on, on the packaging, so they clearly... And so I think they opened in June 22. Yeah, yeah. They're very new, very new. Yeah. And they opened quite quickly. They, everything came together quite quickly since I imagine they were planning it for a while. Yeah, because I reckon I became aware of them maybe February this year. 22. Yeah, yeah. I, it, um, Ashburton's near my where I live and it's just very much a, oh, there's a brewery. That I also didn't think before. they were there. I thought they were further up. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think further up would be the dry zone. That's where the library and like the school areas are and stuff, so... That would make sense that they're on they're on the dirty outskirts mm, of mm. um which is still still quite pleasant. Which is very nice. Yeah, it? yeah. Um but yeah, I think you know, first impressions are it two doors is it's pretty much what you would expect. It's very much a neighborhood brewery yep. wine bar, like it's kind of like the beer is not the primary reason for it existing. No, no. And it's probably a good thing. I thought the hazy pale was nice, but had that bit of homebrew twang going on yeah it was fine but there's a high bar to clear nowadays um for much harder than it used to be um i will say though that the dark lager we had was beautifully fermented yeah lovely chalky ashy thing going on at the end heaps of coffee and dark chocolate for the yeah slightly higher abv for a dark lager i'm up five and a half ish so yeah the um, hazy pale actually put me off the hellas because i thought oh we've got a fermentation problem here we shouldn't have the hellas yeah but now in retrospect, I'd almost like yeah. to try the, uh, the Hellas. It was maybe more lager. of a hop, uh, sort of like a, yeah. I still think it was a fermentation issue, but we'll see. Yeah, but maybe like a, an ale fermentation yeah. issue, not a lager yeah. fermentation issue. Um, very, yeah. very small kit, looked like 200 litres. Yeah, and there was what, three or four of them? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there wasn't heaps. Um, it looked really small, and I'm pretty sure it must have been the, the guy who brews slash owns it. I would assume so. Yeah. 
um, two sort of two staff members. Very um, busy. Yeah, there were plenty of people going in and out. Um, like the the like for you know middle of a Saturday afternoon in a. Not the kind of area you go to have a beer. No. Um, there were plenty of people going in there. Although in saying that, you're probably less than two k's from Deeds there. Yeah. Like um, if you just keep going down Hart yeah. Street, around the corner, you're at Deeds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're not... Uh, it'll be about that, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, which does... So you could certainly stop in the way if yeah. you're coming from that direction. Um, yeah, I thought it was perfectly pleasant. Echo your thoughts about the beers. Um I would probably go back if I was in the area, which... I can see in my... Lo- it'll work out that I'll go to Deeds and go there, or vice versa. Or yeah, go, yeah. Go there, then head into Deeds. It, it's a very easy little place to go to, and um, probably easier to get a table than Deeds yeah, on well, some weekends. I also think that there was like a $30 white anchovy thing. I could see that in my life, in yeah, my future. Yeah, it's a good-looking food, and like that was all... Um, I like they had two guest gluten-free breweries, two different yeah, gluten-free different breweries, breweries as guests. Stuff, but that's very Ashburton, I think. Two rupees as a guess as well, I think. Yeah, which again, local focus. Yeah. Sprocket, which is another smaller brewery, not not so local, but not so local. <laughs> um, but I still like that the smaller brewery. It's clearly like a banding together. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I do wonder if that extends to if they can't do distribution, but I wonder if they can send cakes to other places. Um, yeah, we'll have we'll have to go to two rupees sometime and find out if they've got their beer on top. Exactly. Well, I'm sure that won't be hard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we'll see them on Year of the Local at some point. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and hopefully answer all these questions. Yes, exactly, that we, we have out loud. But um, overall, I would say if, if you happen to be near Ashburton and you want to be there, you could definitely do worse. Yeah, if Deeds is full, walk up the road. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah. Um, before we close out the scouting report, do you want to give us a quick year of the local update? Yeah, so we've, before we do that, we've caught up on Beer of the Week on Instagram, yep. which is great. Hopefully we won't fall that far behind again. Yep. Uh Yottle is coming along nicely. I've made my debut, which I'm you very have, proud of. You have. You Which one did we post? Pomonal, yeah. And you'll see Grampian Aleworks hopefully before this goes out from Dylan as well, filling that little Western Victoria hole that's hard to get to. Yeah, well, just to save you the three-and-a-half-hour drive to see two. Each way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and other than that, we're working through a spreadsheet issue, all of my own making, and we'll be back up soon. Yeah, it's going to be, um, I mean, we've all got a busy few months, and you especially, so... Yes. Probably won't make any promises to be done by the end of the year, but... Uh, no, I think we can conclude it's not going to happen this year. <laughs> like, maybe the earliest we've ever called that, but uh, I think by the end of 23, we're a chance. Yeah, I think that's a good good thing to aim for, and we can... If breweries would stop being so obnoxious and selfish in opening. Yes, yeah, yeah. They just we all just hold off till the start of twenty four. Well, that's why you need to make it a book and just publish a yearly edition. And that way, it's like, well, if you open, then it's too bloody bad. Well, that's it. Yeah, that's the idea. Um, but yeah, that that's that's good to hear. Um, always good to see them up on the website. So, yeah, if you ever ever have any questions about a brewery and it's not on the uh, the website, you can email Angus and he will know about it. And we it can, just won't be quite up there. Yet. Yeah, and we might prioritize it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean. I think that's one of the, the, the issues that you kind of have, isn't it? It's like hard to know which one to jump into, which is the urgent one. It, it I is, know you have a system. It's but. that juggling act of brewery everyone knows about, which I feel are less important almost, mm. you know, because everyone knows the You can find the information about Yeah, them. exactly. I think but I will say the thing with those is like, for example, Matilda Bay, like I know a lot about Matilda Bay. I don't know what going to Matilda Bay is like. And that's so that's true. what you're the locals good yeah. for, I think. Yeah, you want a, a small history. 
what it's going to look like when you get there. Oh, yeah. Can I get food? Can I and, get parking? And did Angus like one beer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. And you can kind of get the vibe of the brewery from that. Exactly. Um, but yeah, that's no, good to hear. Um, I think we will, yeah, keep an eye on that. And um, I'm sure Angus will have plenty more on that front in the coming episodes. Um, we'll be back shortly with what we're drinking. All right, we are back with what we're drinking. Um, we've actually got quite a bit. Um, a lot of the time I feel like it's like, let's scroll through on tap and see if we actually had anything interesting. But It's funny, Dylan. It's almost like it's been four months since we recorded one of oh, these. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, we went to Adelaide, which I feel like we may have called out, possibly. I don't think anyone's going to remember. Let's just pretend I don't reckon it was on the cards when we recorded last. Yeah, it well, it did, did come together fairly quickly, it did. didn't it? Um, so yeah, went to Adelaide to do some work and managed to sneak in, oh, you know, six breweries, you know, just casual. So only six? It could be oh, more that than that. was a guess off the top of my head. One, two, it looks three, like, four, five, yep. nine, six, ten. Ten? <laughs> yep. Ten breweries in one day. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, yep. So, That's yeah. Roll. <laughs> but, um, no, we had, uh, Adelaide is, you know, a, a pleasant city. Um, yeah. best Uber coverage in Australia by oh. a mile. Ten dollars, two minutes, every everywhere, time. everywhere. No matter where you want to go, and um, oh, I actually had a really lovely time in Adelaide. I think it's a really nice city, and the beer was really impressive and diverse. And um, we did thirty thousand steps a day, so yeah, we did. We did. <laughs> so it's fine. Um, yeah, doesn't just... matter that we went to ten breweries and yeah, exactly. It all evens out. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we kicked it off with um, Little Bang. Yep. Um, yep. One of our personal favourites. Which you would have heard about in the news before. Yeah, it's a shame they've sold, but here we yeah. go. Maybe the doors will get fixed, though. Maybe the doors will be fixed. Um, so the doors are bad, at little bang. Um, that's that's the main takeaway. Um, they don't close, and it's, it's very cold. It's really a theme of Adelaide breweries, not yeah, really good yeah. doors. I think, I think it's definitely something that if you do a, a year local in Adelaide, it has to be a door review has to go in there. It's like the chairs. Yeah, <laughs> and, um, and people seem to care about it. There was a Facebook post from one of the breweries. There about, was. Yeah, about, about a door. So Someone who'd fixed their door. Yeah, yeah. So clearly the doors, they don't know what they're doing. But um, Little Bang was great. Um, had some good chats with the people there. Yep. The beers were all really high quality. Yep. We did a little, um, a very mini Galacticus vertical we of did. two years when we got back. 21 and 22. And the which, fact they offer that is great. That's it's, so great. Even if it's just old stock from last year. We did walk out with a slab, the best part of the slab. Yeah, yeah, um, of various stuff. Because uh, old mate behind the bar was very passionate and convinced us to buy about ten more beers than we would have otherwise. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was. I think we asked him like, out of what it was out of these two, which should we buy? And then it very much ended up. So yeah, yeah. I um, can't remember his name, but um, I appreciated the enthusiasm. Yeah, and so um, I think I we both had Geezer Pleaser and Perfect Pale. Yep, I then, had Ira, which was yep. absolutely banging. Yeah, I, I had a sip of your Ira, and I was like, oh, I should have got that. But I did have Inside Voice, which is a classic export stout, yep. and was really, really high quality too. Yeah. Um, and then, so the next day, we went on to uh, Eurabla. That was after we finished our, our work. Yes, we, we definitely to go, needed a beer. Had to go back on Saturday morning to do yeah. a few hours. We had to leave the car there because we can get a park in Adelaide. So that's the second thing about Adelaide. Doors suck, and you can't, you can't get a you fucking can't park, park anywhere near anywhere you want to. So don't go to the CBD and expect to get a park anywhere. But we went to Euradler, which I think we would both agree was a bit of a bucket list brew for us. Yeah, I drove. I regret everything. <laughs> we 
Right, much appreciated for me. I think the thing the only regret about driving was that we probably could have got an Uber because it's fifteen minutes yeah. out of the city. <laughs> it was one of those where you're like, is there gonna actually be anyone there? Mm. It's just very funny in Adelaide, it's like Oh, that's all the way up in the hills. And I was like, yeah. this is a 15-minute drive. Yeah, but for Adelaide people, Dylan, that's the end of the universe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's one of um, the reasons a pathology lab had to close down recently. <laughs> it's, um, <laughs> yes, a certain pathology lab. <laughs> um, it is beautiful up in the Adelaide yes. hills, as everyone would probably know. And Eurabla is a really great menu. It's just awesome. a really nice venue. and Like five or six different areas you can have a beer in. And... Yeah, and just like really like... It looks nice, it smells nice, it feels nice, and yes. it's just very... It feels very much... It's got the Adelaide Hills kind of winery vibe, but it also feels like a brewery, which kind of sounds a bit weird. They've got a bakery yep. attached to it, um, which did a, some really, really, really nice crumble and stuff. It sells their, all their merch in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and takeaways and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and so we had some awesome food. So um, good. Like, yeah, I had like a smoked half chicken like a pomegranate salad and we had like a little hummusy kale thing. Yeah, the homemade hummus with like kale chips or something. Yeah, that yeah. was gorgeous. delicious, delicious. Can't actually remember what I ate. It would have been good. It was fish, I think, from memory. Yeah, yeah. Um it was I remember it was all surprisingly not horrible. Like there was yeah. a lot of options on that menu that probably would have Yeah. I think you could have literally ordered anything on that menu and been happy. Yeah, no, it was it was fantastic. And so we had um we only had a couple because someone was aforementioned driving. driving, yeah. So um I think we both had deceptive gravity I started with a deceptive gravity and then I had a purgatory pills. Oh yeah. Funnily enough I didn't order you in the Imperial Stout. That's I was upset. That makes sense, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um the Imperial Stout was it's one of those where it is technically an Imperial Stout, but you have certain expectations, and it's like an 8% beer, and it's like, that's not an Imperial Stout, that's just a Stout. <laughs> it's a um, normal Stout. But yeah. very nice, and Set to Gravity was great, we got some takeaways, and your Adler's beer is just fantastic, we don't need to wax lyrical about them too much, everyone knows. Anyone who's listening to this knows, and if you don't know, order some your Adler beers. Yep. And go there when you're there, honestly. So um, good. It, so it's worth a beautiful it. spot, and it's worth the, the arduous 15-minute drive out of Adelaide. <laughs> Um, so the next... You do have to go up a hill, definitely. That's true. <laughs> They're not and used it, to this. And it has beautiful views, and it's, oh, it's a real it's a real trial, it's but just somehow awful. you might get through it. Um, same day, I think, shortly after. I think, I think we dropped yeah, so the we car drove, off. We drove the car back, dropped it in the car park, and Ubered from here. Mm. This was now... This, this was where, where we were. We had free reign. The things cut got a bit loose from here onwards. Well, I think it was mostly okay until the very end. We'll yeah. say that to the very end. Um, yeah. We're going to do this as a play-by-play, by the way, just because it's much easier for us to, to give commentary that Absolutely. way. Absolutely. It's um, the only way to do this. Yeah. We went to Bright Star Next, who kind of are a self-described lager brewery that aren't really a lager brewery. Yeah, a lager brewery with two lagers on tap. So I think we only had two beers there. We had the two yeah. lagers, and they were both really, really good. And the venue is... It's obviously very new, but it was quite nice. I liked it. It was... Unique, which is yeah. one of those things that I think is quite difficult for these sort of modern breweries now. Yeah, yeah. Like, so they had a very distinctive dark green everywhere, yellow pipes they'd painted. You yeah. Know, just, they'd done a good paint job. It wasn't particularly expensive. Yeah. I don't think the fit out. It was I, nice. The thing that I remember, which is a bit weird, is that all the bar staff, men and women, were distractingly attractive, <laughs> which was very strange. It's not um, what you're used to in a crowd. No, no. I was like, what are you doing? And the other thing that was great, they had a TV with a footy on. A projector, yeah, on the wall, which and is great. you don't see that at that many breweries. Like, as 
I would have thought there'd be more. Yeah, no, no, it was great. And um, I think Port won. They day. did, yeah, they did. Yeah, which was good for us because we were legitimately thinking, are we going to be safe heading into Port Adelaide tonight? My Adelaide staff were genuinely concerned when we said we were heading to Port Adelaide. On like, a day you know Port's playing today yeah. <laughs> in, in Port Adelaide. Um, but yeah, we had a hell of a Schwartz beer, both very good. Yeah, exactly. Um, after that, we went to Shapeshifter, which was much more, I would say, familiar. Yeah. Um, it, it was a very Melbourne-esque yeah. kind of brewery. It's Mr. Banks style. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Banks and Wolf of the Willows. Yeah, Where, warehouse, there's tables, there's food. It's nothing. Yeah, it's a modern brewery. It's a lot of hate. What was the food? It was like a weird thing. It was like chicken nuggets or hot dogs yeah. or something based. It was like they were chicken based. I think. Yeah. So everything yeah. had chicken. But it was like a certain yeah. type. Yeah. It was something something novel. It was um, in house. Yeah. So that was the interesting thing. They had a, it was like a food truck kind of vibe, but it was in yeah house, inside. which is interesting. Um, lots of dogs, lots of kids, um, lots of footy. Again. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We had a West Coast of water there, which is brave. Um, but yeah, no, that, that was, I, I don't think we only had one beer there. We did, because we thought it was one. all sort of generic hazy. And they yeah, were all, it was nice. Were, but they were all 8%. There was nothing sort of... That's right. There was nothing to sort of placate the person who's trying to do eight breweries in one day. Yes, and avid listeners would know we have drank a lot of Shapeshifter recently. We um, have. We did a deep dive on them not too long ago. Start of the year? I yeah, think. yeah. Yeah. They were, their beer is fantastic. Everyone should buy them. Like... Um, I had a rise above the rest. I don't know what you had. Rise above the rest, yeah. Oh, fantastic. A nice coconut, banana, you know, tropical. Yes, yeah. No, just good stuff. Um, really generic modern hazy, but it was very nice. Yeah, yeah. That, I think that's the thing. It was like, these beers are all going to be really good and get us in a lot of trouble. Yeah. So yeah. we just sort of moved on. Um, and we'd had a lot of them as well. There was on tap on the day. Yes, we did, yeah, because we'd had that pack yeah. earlier in the year. Yeah. So um, more Adelaide Uber commentary was that we got, oh. we went to Big Shed next. And got somebody. You, you explain. I think you you you, you explained it before, and you're, you're better at explaining the. I messages. can do this. Uh, so we called our Uber. Oh, there was literally an Uber two doors down, letting people out, uh, and we jumped in. That was the Uber we matched with. We jumped in. We went. Ah, oh, that's convenient. You didn't have to go anywhere. And he was like, you know what's better? That I just took those guys from Big Shed. <laughs> Yeah, place. yeah. <laughs> to now I'm turning around. And now and I'm going to literally go back from yeah. Shapeshifter to Big Shed. And um, it was an arduous... Six dollar Uber. Yeah, arduous four minute journey. Yeah, minute. But very funny. You don't see that very often. No. Um, and never in Melbourne. <laughs> no. Um, Big Shed was great. I think Big Shed was very much kind of what we expected. We Big Shed is exactly what I hoped Big Shed would be. Yeah, just weird stuff everywhere. Um, yeah. We were very much not hungry, but we still managed to fit a pizza in. Yep. Um, because we thought we had to eat. We had a weird what was the pizza? Chicken tandoori. Chicken tandoori. Yeah. Um, it was really good. It was really nice. Um, and we had one of the better beers of the trip and by far the worst beer of the trip there. Oh, um, one of them. So Viscosa Raptor was a barley wine, which I thought was excellent. It was genuinely good. Yeah, right up there. Um, American barley wine, nicely hoppy. <laughs> and then we had, what are you, chicken salt, which I I believe my untapped review says everything where this is a shit idea executed really well. Yeah, well, that's what it is. Yeah, it is, it's a really nicely done chicken salt gozo. It's just nobody in the world made wants with, that. Made with the gross local Adelaide yeah, chicken Yeah, which salt. is Like, fun. it's all great. 
It was fine. I wish they didn't do pots. I wish they did tasters of it. Like, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Like, we got through them. As mine said, there's loads of chicken and it's salty. It's also a bit rank. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I may have finished your pot. Yeah, you did. Um, we were struggling. Surely we shared one pot. Surely. Surely we weren't that dumb. Maybe. Maybe yeah. we were. Yeah. I don't know. I also had a Californicator because I couldn't go there without having one. Yeah. I don't know if I did. You had I, something. I had the midi. Yeah. I yeah. Had yeah. Jelly the midi. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to make up for the, the, the one I'd had at your ad earlier, I think. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I was really happy with Big Shed. We'd love to go back. It's definitely the kind of place, like, I would have a super loose evening there. But, like, when Vibe in the middle of 10 breweries, it's not so much the place that kind of works for you in that way. Vibe was great, as was the 14-year-old serving his pizza. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The staff were all really good, and it was just it was just a very fun place. Just, yeah, go One of those very welcoming breweries. Like, you yeah. know how you walk into some, and it's like the staff are a bit standoffish? Not that at Big Shed. The one I always talk about is that, like, where the weird branding doesn't match is Dayton. Yeah. Where I love Dayton. Uh, I don't think that brewery is super welcoming. I don't think they... I don't just like it. I just don't think it really fits with their vibe. And, like, yeah. also... We talk about this a lot, about breweries are very out-there brands need to match that in the yeah. tasting room. Talked about it with our Kaiju um, yeah. scouting report. But I do think that Big Shed is very much that's Big Shed. A hundred percent. It's exactly what I thought it was when I walked in. Yeah. And it was enormous. It is. Enormous. It's a Big Shed. <laughs> yeah. Um, after that, speaking of enormous, we went to Pirate Life, which was, I gotta say, a very different experience than what I was expecting. It is like, yes, yeah. it is a, a hyper cool but also like hyper massive and kind of like, and it's in a shithole. Yeah. It's just, it's really weird. Like it's, you um, have a very gentrified group of people in that space. And like an old wool processing shed, like which is people with their kids at like eight o'clock at night. It's possibly the biggest brewery I've been to in Australia. It is enormous. We were like looking up at the roof and we were like, holy shit. Um, it is it's like massive. down the back like it is just it's huge yeah, it, it's like a warehouse that has a bar in it like a massive warehouse it's like an air, airplane hangar that has a bloody bar in it like multiple air, yeah, like yeah. it's huge like um, I cannot get over how big that space was and and then like that was like the inside space is an outside space too where there was fires, fires going on and, yeah. and like not one or two fires like ten fires and people everywhere I mean in Port just had one to be fair um, it wasn't a Port Adelaide crowd. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was a very much a, like an after work hip kind of crowd. And um, I will say we had, we went there and we we're like, what should we order? And we went, like, let's get a pale ale from the sauce. And it was fantastic. And that's, again, one of the best beers we had in the trip. That beer is everything that it was before they sold. Like, that beer is still a brilliant pale ale. It is clearly like, it was like weeks old, if that. It would taste absolutely fantastic. And it was like, well, you know, I, we can turn our nose up at the vibe as much as we want um, at waiting in this massive line to get... But it was like, if the beer was perfect. And if it wasn't for the line, we would have had more beers there. Yeah, it was just very much like, look, you know, we've still got a few more to go. Yeah, and like, we really went here to check out this space. We've had a pale ale. Yeah, we've... We've, we've probably done what we need to do. Because also, everything else we'd had. Yeah. You, know, you, go, you go to Paris and you have a croissant and you get the fuck out. It's, yeah. it's very much like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, I was very happy with my with our Pirate Life trip. I was just surprised by the space in multiple ways. Um, after that, we went back to one of your favourites. We were getting a bit peckish, so we went back to, to Bowden, which oh. was one I didn't know much about, but uh, oh. you, you, I remember the whole time we were there, it was very much Bowden, 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 so we, we got down there. 
Well, Dylan, you, you, you're you a man who also loves charred broccoli as mm. much as I do. There are not that many of us. But they do possibly the best charred broccoli in Australia. Yeah, yeah. They were amazing broccolini and also uh, possibly the best, some of the best tacos in Australia. Oh, they're Remarkable. absolutely superb. We had, a, we had a sweet potato and... Jackfruit? Did we not eat jackfruit? No, I think it was sweet potato that night. There was yeah. a veggie one, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it was... We would have had pulled pork, I think. Um, I reckon we had a beefy one with yeah, like a been. cucumber sauce. No, that's right. Yeah, with actual chunks of cucumber. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It was a weirdly like cooling sort of. They mix up this Mexican menu all the time, and those guys are just. Yeah, it's hard to remember because they had so many things on there, and they were moving around. So I've also been to Bad, like but I, I did the order. Yeah, that's like... the thing. You've been there heaps. Yeah, I remember doing the order. I remember. Or there was like a beef with like a cucumber yogurt sauce and yeah. it had like heaps of cucumber in it. It was very cooling and rich. And then we had the sweet potato one, which was like very heavy. And I was yeah. like, this is not how I thought. This is the opposite order of how I thought this would have gone. It's so good. Like I cannot quite oh, express how good corn tortillas. Is. I think that's the main thing. Like so many places yeah. miss that in Australia. Not to make this a food podcast. No, no, no. The other thing they get really right is their pickling, the level of pickling. They yeah. Do everything. yeah like it is, yeah. It's, it's quite tart. But it just works perfectly. It's not, yeah, it's not, it's not domineering or anything. Yeah. And I, I really, yeah, had a great time. Um, beer wise, which is obviously the more important thing, I had two kind of weird beers. I think we, do we have the same? Do we have the bean counter and the chillers mill? Yep. So um, bean counter was a coffee porter, which was really good for the third time in a row. One of the best beers we had. But it was, it was, it was tons of coffee. If you did not like so coffee, much coffee, yeah, that is, yeah, you would be. But they still got it to be spritzy. I find a lot of those oh, coffee yeah. porters are like. Almost flat. I think we both said it was like one of those classic Melbourne slash Sydney cold brew fizzy coffees. Yeah. That's very much what it tastes like, except 6%, 6% alcohol. Yeah. Um, and we had Chiller's Mill, which is Miller Chill. Finally um, enough. Yeah, Mexican lager with lime, which and which salt. paired just perfectly with our oh. tacos and charred broccoli. And much better than any Miller Chill you'd have, I yeah. think. Um, yeah. Really, really delicious. If you're in Adelaide, it is like almost the closest brewery to the CBD. Just go there. Yeah, and a weird, that, that's worth mentioning is it's a weird spot and a cool spot. Yeah. And it's very much like a... It's a very up-and-coming area of Adelaide. Yeah. Like, so it's just north of the CBD, so you can get on that horrible ring road. The vibe is very much... Young uh, Well, the vibe I got was very much in-house cafe at an up-and-coming tech startup. Yeah. yeah that yeah, was yeah. what I found, thought the place was. Like, it's where you would go and, like, you know... Um, talk about you know enabling the front end while you're having some cool tacos and you know a cup of tea at lunch. It's very much an area where all the young professionals, young yeah, students it, are coming. There was nobody over twenty five. Yeah, we were old. Us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and speaking of being old, oh um, God. yeah. Um, so after that, we so that was very close to CBD. We we were quite close to a few breweries. We weren't sure if we we're going to get there, but you know we're like, oh, you know, it's only we're here. It's nine o'clock. We can fit two more in. Um, the, the, the mantra we very much have when we go away, as long as we're in bed by midnight, That's it doesn't right. matter what we do beforehand. So two more breweries seem fine. We went to Silver, which is one of the strangest brewery experiences I think I've ever had. I can't top it. Yeah. It was, yeah. it was interesting. Um, the first thing you notice is you're served a beer in a plastic cup. Yeah. Which is a questionable experience. Real massive brewery. live venue slash nightclub vibes, except it's their own beer. Slash... Norwegian inspired restaurant apparently in the front yeah and so that's the thing like we went there and we were like are we allowed to go in here because there was something going on at the restaurant at the front and we're just like like, yeah 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 so we walked in and then yeah 
Um, a lot going on. A lot to take in. Yeah, so I think the best way to describe what was going on at the back was it was sort of sword swallowing by yeah. sort of leather-clad midgets. Yeah. And there was a lot of a lot of um, young women with wings and silver <laughs> revealing costumes, and it was all it was all very interesting. And this was a show inside the brewery. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's the important thing to remember is it's all very much we've come here to have a beer and there are um a lot of bottoms and swords in front of us and yeah. It was genuinely strange. Yeah, yeah. Um it was a bit but like, you know, not unpleasant, just a bit No, weird. no, just like what are we actually like without having any local knowledge? Where are we? What yeah, is this? We sort of wondered if like this is a casual Saturday for them or if we'd walked into something special Some or Some weird event, but no apparently that's sort of not out of the realms of what they normally do. And the weirdest part is that you can go up there and uh, and you can say, I'll have the black IPA. Well yeah. That's the strangest <laughs> part, and they'll give it to you in a plastic cup. And it was a pretty good black IPA. It really was. Like, the the Hellers was okay. Iffy. Um The Black but, IPA is one of the better ones going around. Yeah. It was really nice and hoppy and, yeah. Good bitterness, like um, it had everything. They'd run out of brown ale. They had run out of brown ale. Which is amazing that they ran out of brown ale at that kind of venue. It was like, this does not sound like it, a brown ale crowd. It just didn't compute with the sort of midget sword-swallowing strippers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was all... It's, it's very interesting. I would say you should go to Silver. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't make it your anything you're doing that night. No, no, do something else. But um, make sure you get there. To see what's going on. We sat there for two beers. We didn't say ever for two years. That's right. That's um, right. So, yeah. Um, I had, had a pleasant time. And then we went to um, Spark. Yes, Which is um, the Whitmore Hotel. Yeah. And, um, I, yeah, I think I think had the lowest expectations for this that were the most exceeded. I would say... Because this, this was, like, maybe 200 metres from where we were staying. Yeah. So, we're like, let's just drop in on the way home. But, like... Oh. Most of it was like so. Spark is a very sort of progressive social cause yep. kind of brewery. Their yep. beer is like let's be honest, beer is very mediocre. Um, I really, oh, I thought their beer was quite good. Their um, beer was quite good there, but generally very mediocre. Yep. I really get behind their causes and things. Yep. Um, I like what they're doing. I wasn't expecting a lot. Um, but yeah, I had a fantastic time at the place. It's a very spark space with all lots of light pink everywhere. Yeah, pink of, pink bar. Yeah. 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 Um, sparkling water tap gets a huge oh. tip for, tick from me. Like that's that's always a winner. And look, the bar staff were very friendly. <laughs> yes, they were. We were asking for a lot of weird shit, and um, yeah, they gave us a free beer towards the end, which we yeah. Um, Not sure if we needed that. No, um, but yeah, no. Uh, the spark beers, as is beer podcast, that's the main thing. Spark beers were quite good. Not as good as the spirits we had. But yeah, the spirits were also good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, that Spark, I would honestly say, like, even if you are not a fan of Spark's beers or haven't had them and you're not sure, just go. Yeah, yeah. Whitwell was really, really great. Staff are fantastic. Um, had a really good time. And really, ask the staff because they were so good. Yeah, but they were. If, they if were. you tell them what you like, they will find you something. Yeah, we had a really good time. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't just because it was temporary, because it was a long period of time and I don't feel like we were that drunk until we left the Yes, weekend. until we left Spark. Yeah, um, and then we and, um, were. Yeah, Let, the less said about the Anejo tequilas, the better. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so beyond that, um, yeah, this I mean that's that's a long thing in and of itself. Um, it's almost an episode. Yeah, um, we're here now. Yeah, Pine of Origin happened. Um, it did. There's not too much to mention that we didn't mention last year. I feel like like. Well, it was nice to see Westside having their first one. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Um, they were all really good. Like yeah. it was generally like. The venues we went to were all really quality. 
Really, um, the only disappointment was local tap house closing in about 11. Yeah, it was a bit weird. Like, stuff, stuff closed pretty early. Um, I get COVID and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, it did It did feel... I mean, they may have been understaffed. It yeah, did... It I, all that was the vibe I got. Yeah. It all it all just kind of... It didn't feel as... Um, as Everyone's going to be here all night as last year. Yeah. It felt very much yeah. like we want to wrap this up. Um, but apart from that, I think it went off very well. Yep. And, yep. Um, yeah. And definitely worthwhile doing a little... We hit everywhere we wanted to hit. Yeah, yeah. We had... Um, yeah. Sort of hit our New Zealand and our... Um, went to Woodlands for the first time. Yeah. I don't think we've yeah. been there for Pine Origin before. Was that country New South Wales? Yeah. Yep. That was quite nice. Yep. Um, and we started at Carlon, which uh, is a smart move. Definitely for the wallet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was nice. It was pleasant. And um, like Miss Moses was a lot better this time, I thought. Yep. They were um, really, they stepped up their game in fairness to them. Yeah. They were doing a fun little thing where like if you drank every beer on top, which seemed like a really dumb idea to be honest, but um, if you drank all the, all the capital beers, then you would get an entry into some sort of raffle thing yep. where they were doing all this food and stuff. And it just seemed really fun. It's like, well, if we didn't have eight more breweries to get to, we would have hung around here. Yeah, exactly. Um, the great thing about Part of Road is you can walk to most of it. Ah, There's so always good. somewhere on the way. Well, it's like that little stretch between Carwin to Miss Moses. Like, they were long walks, but we did most yeah, of Yeah, that, that, but it's like and nice. It's sort of like you stop yeah. drinking for 20 minutes. And then you get to Fitzroy and then you do that again. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's sort of like you jump from like, you jump from section to section. Yeah, and it's right. like, yeah, it's, it's quite nice. And like, yeah, um, I think it was like the third week in the row I was at the Catfish. and Never a bad reason to go to the Catfish. No, no, I had a, had a um, Chance Luck and Magic, which we would have discussed in the awards segment yep. before. Um, yeah, and that was a great time to have that because exactly. I don't want to pay $60 for a bottle. Mm, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, no, had a really good time, Pine of Origin. Anything else that you want to call out there? No, no. Um, I think it's fairly everyone. Everyone, it's it's also it's that long ago. It hadn't changed that much from last year. I will say, like it. Oh, the passport was much better. Yes, it was. The being on the phone. Yeah. yeah, being on the phone. Um, do we they... did get our free beers. We did. Um, we I did. can't remember what they were. I think we got them in the catfish, which is worryingly early. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because that was still well and truly days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah, went to Bell's as usual. Yep, yep. You do get uh, the big jobs exactly. Um, yeah, no, Bell's is fantastic as well. Yeah, um, slow lane stuff. Is this the monthly pack? Yeah, yeah. I, something you and I have both been drinking a lot of. Yeah, yeah. So we both signed up to their monthly subscription, which I think is one of the best value ones going on. It's what fifty nine dollars yeah. a month and six eight beers. Last month was ten. Yeah, I think it's it, it depends on what they have. Yeah, I think so. I think it. this month's six, but they're all crazy. Yeah, right. Because um, last month had two OTs, goat faces. Yeah, yeah. Stout. There were a few twos. Last yeah, month. but yeah, this month you said was crazy. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's six or eight, and um, they they're I think there's nothing under eight and a half percent. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. good. They do everything from sort of sixteenth century wheat beers. Yeah, to modern IPAs. Yeah, so like I think they've got like a barrel aged sour hazy IPA. Yeah, good. Two of them. So good. one you can age, one you can drink now. Beautiful. Um, which I really like with their packs. Yeah. Um, so they do that with the English old ale or a stock ale or something. Stock ale. Yes. Yeah. Um, so one you drink now, one you age, and come back and grab it later, which I think is just fantastic. Um, it's the way to go. Yeah, everyone should buy that membership pack. Yeah. Yeah, really. You'll be hearing more about that. Yes, I imagine over the next. However long. As if we haven't raved about Solan enough. Yeah, um, yeah. We yeah. just need another excuse to talk about them more. Definitely, definitely. 
Um, and we went to, most recently, went to Blobfish. Yep. Um, which is their second or third year? I reckon it's the second one, because I reckon we've lost two to COVID. Um, so my, my advice would be, if you go to Blobfish, don't expect to get a stuffed animal, a stuffed no. Blobfish, because even if you go within the first hour... They will be gone. Yeah. Um, so maybe they'll learn that. My they? only, yeah, my only complaint is uh, order order more stuffed blobfishes, um, and maybe the girlfriends would have been happier. <laughs> yeah, may, maybe maybe a little bit less of, of uh, the comedian. Oh my god, the less said about old mate who wouldn't shut up, the better. Yeah, it wasn't so much the content; it was the length. It was the con- the amount of it. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. The content was fine; it was just too much. When you're there for for four or five hours, yeah. it, it it grates a bit. But um, I thought. God, there was there were it was hard to pick a bad beer there. We had, uh, there we was had, one. Yeah, we had one shocker. Um, Blackman's Yeah, Blackman's gin barrel aged thing, which yeah. is apparently quite good. Um and we just the one we had was disgusting. No. Um it was just tasted like a glass of gin. Undrinkable. It was horribly unbalanced. And I think it may have just been a transportation issue. Um also could have been that it came straight after that gorgeous um mango tamarind koji thing from Sight. Yeah, I do, I do think it was just... There was something wrong. Like, because that was just quite a sweet sour beer, and then you got into this gin thing, and it was a disaster. Yeah, it, it, it didn't work well. Anyway. No. But, having said that, every other beer we had was yep. good to great. Yep. And um, I think... The thing is, like, Blobfish, it's like, well, there was there 42 beers to try? Or yep. 40, yeah, and we, we had 20-ish, and we felt very satisfied that we had got our money's worth. Oh, yeah. Um, we pretty much just had one one of each brewery because it's sort of... Did we go back to any breweries twice? No. Yeah. So it's very much set up like if you've ever been to at the atrium, um, the trade oh, show. the trade show. But there is a public session yeah. for that too. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Um, the public session of that... Um, what is that called? Good Beer Gala or something? Yeah, the gala. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, the, yeah. Um, so... Angus and I have gone to the, the trade version of that a few times, but we're going to assume that the normal, the, the public version is very similar, where you go around to a bunch of stalls. Um, I would assume the public one's almost exactly the same as Blobfish. It's almost slightly too crowded at the stalls. Yes. Whereas yeah. the trade one's the right level of density. Yeah, yeah. For, uh, for well, punters, for not us, for money. not so much for not, them. Not for making very much like, you're not going to buy anything, can you? Just yeah. piss off. Yeah. Um, but don't worry, we don't get invited to that anymore. No. Um, not because of anything we did, just because we, I, I got a better job. Um, but yes, Blobfish was fantastic. And honestly, like, the thing I was really impressed about was that it was very busy, yeah. as you said. Um, but the breweries were always happy to have a chat. Oh, and yeah. like, I, had, I feel like I had a good chat with someone every single brewery, every yeah. single place I went. Um, they were so keen to talk about it. Everyone was like, just so happy and open welcoming. Um, so like, not fussed about what we're trying and for what reason it yeah. was the, the, the one of the great things about blobfish is they give you an armband there's no limited number of tries it's nah, just like go for it yeah it's just like you're in try whatever you want as much as you want i'm sure some people probably took advantage of that but the, realistically there's only so much incredibly sour beer you can drink yeah. I, I think that festival is perfect for that because the acid will stop you before anything before mm. you get wasted the acid will stop you yeah, yeah. None of the beers are too crazy is yeah. the thing as well. And um yeah, I think I think um I really like the uh Laura mm-hmm. um beers. Um yeah, as you said, the mango tamarind koji from Hop Nation, fantastic. Uh site fermentation. The um, La Seren uh Beer de Provision, I think it was called. Yep, fantastic. Yeah. Um honestly pretty much everything was really, really good though. Like it's hard to pick a favourite. Um and because... hopefully now La Seren are opening their tasting room, Costa will talk to us. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. Because he was very chatty at Blobfish. Yeah, yeah. We went rock up and 
won't nothing happening again. Um, but yeah, um, that was um, honestly, Blobfish is great. Um, great to have like pie thief and stuff there. Oh. There's plenty of good Cheese, food. Oysters. Um, the the car one thing at the end was very yeah. dangerous. Well, they brought along. Jill and I got out for under a hundred dollars. We can take yeah, it as a yeah, win. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, just really great. Honestly, like well done uh, to Hop Nation and everyone involved. Um, for best on. festival of the year by far. Yeah, they? definitely. And like just. I think it's one of those, it's going to be hard to keep it a secret. Yeah, it's the one thing that might save us is the sour beer yeah. element of it. Well, um, some of the people we met there and talked to, um, they were very new to sour beer. That's and, true. Yeah. That's true. If you say there's 40 beers for tasting and it's unlimited, um, it's that's true. suddenly $85, $90 seems very cheap for a ticket. It is a it is one of the nicest beer events, though. Like, the people you meet are... Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, it was, it was one of those where we... we Sat with a couple of people a couple of times and they were just so lovely and yeah. like it's just like everyone everyone is clearly a fan. Yeah. Um and if they're not a fan, they're willing to be a fan. It's niche enough that you've got to be open minded to it. Yeah. Which yeah. breeds the right sort of environment. Yeah, everyone had a favourite beer and was yeah. curious about what ours was and it's a hard question and I still still can't answer it. Yeah. Yeah, I've settled on mango, tamarind, koji, but easily I could, could hear probably, arguments. I could probably pick five others. Yeah, and could sure. have made that same call. Um, but yeah, definitely um, big thumbs up to Blobfish. Um, thank you for having us, and we'll be back. Yeah, almost certainly. Yeah, um, I think that's finally done with what we're drinking. Um, we will be back shortly. Welcome back. We are back with the ranking of lagers. Every month we take a lager and add it to a master list, sort of one from each country, trying to get the the big boy from each country, I think we'd call it. That's it. And we slot it into a master list, which is 42. So it's going to be the 43rd beer. Um, just before we kick it off, we'll go with the bottom five. At the moment, that is Lab from Serbia, Vono from Fiji, Kus Kenya from Peru, Pabst Blue Ribbon from Contract, and the... Unforgettable Timmy Soriana from Romania. And the top five is um, from fifth to one, uh, Kingfisher from India, Kilmez from Argentina, Carlsberg from Denmark, Tenants from Scotland, and Pilsner Urkel from the Czech Republic at number one. So, I feel like that top five hasn't changed for a long time. No, no. I'm still, I'm surprised that the likes of Kilmez and Kingfisher... and uh, That was a really good Carlsberg we had. I do remember It was. That. I remember it being really good. Um, but yeah, I do I do wonder if something's going to come in. And maybe we'll have that today with... Uh, tell us what we've got today. Uh, today we've got Maccabee from Israel. Very interesting. All malt, according to the bottle. All malt, exactly. I think they had quite a long period of time in their history where there was a lot of sugar. Oh, okay, yeah. So I was thinking like I was thinking like rice. But I guess rice is sort of a malt. Yeah, so it's, it's, yeah. it's closer to a malt. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Maccabee is from Tempo Beer Industries, founded in 1952. First, this was first brewed in 1968. They became the Heineken importer in 1992, which normally leads to it's the a common common theme that we're seeing through these. That normally leads to the takeover from Heineken. Yeah. However, this time, Heineken they're they're still publicly traded. Oh. On the Tel Aviv Stock Exchange there you since go. 1992. Although Heineken do own 40% of that holding. Yeah, okay. But, but not a majority state. Still publicly listed. Yeah. Um, is that all in that? That's it. Don't know much about Israel's drinking culture. I know they like a drink. They definitely drink quite a bit. Mm. I think this and the other ones called Gold Star make up most oh, of yeah. the sort of macro lager range from Israel. 
Like, yes. I think they also drink a lot of Heineken and Amstel and... Yeah. Yeah. All um, that sort of stuff. It doesn't look or smell awesome. No, no. Um, it's sort of slightly hazy. Uh, it's an older bottle, but as always, we don't take that into account because these are meant to be macro, shelf stable, get them how you... Drink them how you get them. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah. That's not awful. Mm. The weirdly, like, tannic note on the back end. A bit grippy. Yeah. Which is um, interesting. I'm wondering what that is. Hop extract. Maybe. I'm also wondering what that front thing is. It's slightly slick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, maybe a malt thing. Maybe. Maybe a. Uh... Maybe it needed some sugar. <laughs> yes, yeah, <laughs> to balance it out a bit. A bit of the old uh, buttered popcorn. Diacetyl, maybe. Yeah, maybe. But it's not that slickness. No. Really. It's a different. Um, I think we might need to take this one off to work out where this slot's in. Yep. Uh, We'll be back instantaneously. All right. After a brief deliberation, we have decided that Maccabee will go in in between San Miguel and Snow. So it slots in number 21, which is about as close to the middle as you can get. Pretty much. Um, It is. It's not bad. Um, It's not great. So that's, yeah, unsurprisingly fits at 21. Yeah, it feels about right. It's not offensive. Like it's... I'll drink it. Yeah, exactly. I'll you've, finish it. You've drunk much worse Peronis at some yes. bar. <laughs> yes. Yes, restaurant. Yeah. Yeah, this. old Peronis at a neighbourhood Italian restaurant. Uh, it actually tastes like an old Peroni without the offensive bitterness and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. It does have that old Peroni vibe. Um, like, yeah, someone's dad's Peroni they've left in their garage for five years and that's, yeah. It's also almost slightly flat, which is making it easy to drink. Yeah, it's I definitely it's just not, lower a, carb. not a high carb, that's for sure, yeah. I do wonder if that's maybe because uh, of a hot climate. Possibly. Um, yeah. Maybe just the way they do it. Very drinkable. Yeah, yeah that's true. Um, I would definitely smash this with some hummus and with a savage or something. It's a, yeah. Yeah, a little shake sugar. And, uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, whatever those. Israeli thing. None of Israeli things. <laughs> shake sugar and 10 of those. I can see that working. <laughs> would not complain about that. All right. So Maccabee, bang in the middle. I'll be back shortly. Welcome back. Uh, We are back to finish off with uh, Noz's cellar. we sort of called it the the cellar for a while, and then I think it went back to being your cellar. I think I did one, maybe, and then... Uh, I think we had at least one of yours. I reckon it was two. Yeah, yeah. I think we had a rough idea of three to one, and then it... COVID. Yeah, yeah. And also, we've got a lot of, a lot of similar stuff, and so on. I think it's... Um, well, because for a while, it was kind of our cellar. We yeah. did, we did, we bought the same things, and I think we did that a couple of times, and then, yeah. But now we're back to... You pulling some beautiful stuff from your cellar. And um, what do you got for us today? Well, this is very topical, as we talked about earlier. Um, Spencer, the American Trappist Brewery, closed. Yes. Uh, And so we've got the Spencer Monks Reserve Ale, which is their Trappist Quad. Um, 10.2%. Yep, about right for a quad, one would think. Yep. Judging off the... Best Buy, I reckon I've probably had this for four or five years. Yep. That'll be in good areas for a quad, you would think. Yeah, so their Best Buy ended a month ago. Okay. So we're right around yeah, Somewhere between five to ten years, I guess, than most best going by most Best Buy. Yeah, so I think this was only released five years ago, okay. roughly. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, we'll see. First impressions? Um, yeah, it's definitely a quad. Um, got that sort of deep, darker fruit character. Um, yeah, a lot of raisin going on. Yeah. Yeast character's not hugely dominant, but it's there. No, no, it's like, yeah, not, not as much of a unique yeast character coming through, but it's definitely like, yeah, there's something there. Yeah. Um, it's sort of got a bit of a sort of cherry stone thing going on and there's sort of like a, a hint of sort of bitterness, but it's not like a hot bitterness. It's more nah. just like a, yeah, um, really, really light sort of boozy warmth, but definitely not probably about what you'd expect for 10% rather than over the top. Yeah. I think that'll increase as this warms up a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we've bought it cold and we'll, uh, we'll sit on it as we often do. And we'll come back with further thoughts yeah, yeah. in a while. We are back to talk about the Spencer's Quadruple. Um, we've had a bit of time to sit on this now. Um, it's, it's a big boy. Mm. Uh, I think it's still got a lot of those characteristics we were talking about earlier. Mm. A lot of brazen. Not a huge amount of yeast quality. No, and I do think that the... Um, Alcohol hasn't come out like we thought it might. No, it, no. It's it's fairly, like, there's more of a, a chocolatey sort of malt thing that's come through a yeah. bit more as it's warmed, um, which is interesting. But um, it's a good beer. Yeah, not what I was expecting, but it's a really nice quad. Yeah, yeah. And a shame that they're closing. Yeah, yeah, real shame. You probably could have made a killing on this, Angus, but instead you've... Uh, instead we're here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that it um, really, I think it's definitely a thumbs up for me. Yeah, it's got to be a thumbs up. Yeah. Um, this is drinking, I assume, as they would want it to. Yeah. Um, and it, it's it, it, the, the interesting thing, as an American Trappist brewery, it is drinking differently from... A Belgian one. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is what they'd want. They wouldn't want it to be exactly the same. No, they'd want it to be inspired by, but not the same. Yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, thumbs up for me. Um, thanks for sharing. And um, I think that's a good sell. Yeah. That's... Um, so thanks for tuning in, everyone. Um, as always, you can reach out to us at dylan at beeroclock.com. Beeroclockaustralia.com. One day. What am I going to mess up? One day. Dylan at beeroclockaustralia.com or angus at beeroclockaustralia.com. And, um, yeah, we've got plenty of exciting stuff coming up. We're, we're super, super keen. Um, Instagram, as usual. Yep, Instagram at beeroclockaustralia. And there should be stuff on the website. At some point. Yeah, beerclockaustralia.com. There will be some more Year of the Local stuff. Um, but yeah, we've got really exciting stuff, so please keep an eye on us for the rest of the year. I know we've been quiet. Yeah. But we, we, we are... There's coming. Yeah, yeah. We'll try to make our quota of a, of, of a podcast for the year, I think. Um, we're going to have some good stuff. But yeah, thank you as always for tuning in, and as always, reach out to us with any questions. Thank you.